Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For many reasons, it's uh, been a dark day. It's been a, a, a very tumultuous past, uh, I guess, couple of weeks, couple of months in Afghanistan. And today, you know, uh, mid-morning, we get some of the most uh, horrifying news that there was an attack. Uh, we're now getting confirmation up to, uh, so far, 13 U.S. service members have lost their lives. And, this, and there's some crazy stuff I read. Look, I want to say with the breaking news, it's hard to know what all the details are. Different sources are giving different numbers. The most up-to-date that I've been able to find says 13 U.S. service members have lost their lives. I read one story that said that the U.S. had warned the American troops in at the airport in Kabul that there was a strong possibility of a terror attack. In the morning, the UK, uh, the UK and the US advised all people, especially their citizens, to avoid the area. And these brave men and women stayed doing their jobs, knowing, being told that there is a very strong likelihood of a terror attack. Now we're learning that they lost their lives. Of course, there's a, there's a, there's a lot going around. Um, Republicans are, are absolutely coming after Biden on this one. He botched the whole thing. He abandoned Bagram Air Force Base before evacuating civilians. And now we're learning that there's a wild, wild estimate of the Americans that are still in Kabul. Some say it's only a few thousand. Apparently, some reports say it could even be in the tens of thousands, maybe 30,000. We don't know for sure. And the U.S. government, uh, Biden administration, is not actually confirming these numbers. But my friends, I hope you are ready to be angry uh, because it's not my intent to make you angry every day. But we have reporting now from Politico that the U.S. gave the names of American citizens and Afghan allies to the Taliban, telling them, like, here's the people that we want out. One defense official said they just put those people on the kill list. This is bad. It's bad. And I'm sure I, I feel like we're going to be in this conversation for quite a bit. Uh, apparently, Glenn Beck has personally traveled down there. This is crazy stuff. Um, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk all about it. But, man, that is uh, mad respect. Absolutely, absolutely uh, tremendous respect. So we're going to have to get into this and just we got other stories. We do, but uh, we definitely got to talk about this. So joining us today is senior commentary for the Washington Examiner, Beckett Adams. Thanks for having me. Do you want to just give a quick introduction for yourself? Yeah, I do senior commentary for the Washington Examiner. I enjoy especially covering politics, but mostly uh, keep an eye on what the media is up to. Right on, right on. Cool. Dig it, man. Hey, we have ca- uh, is, are you, is that a captain's uniform? Yes. Uh, reporting to the bridge, Tim. I'm here and Ian's I'm ready for you. wearing a Star Trek This shirt. is the next generation Star Trek red shirt, so I'm not the first guy to get sent good, down good. on my death. I was worried, yeah. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually one of the commanders, so get ready. <laughs> awesome. Sup, dog. I'm excited for tonight's conversation, but I am disturbed by what's been going on, so hopefully we can get all the way to the bottom of it. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you will get access to the exclusive TimCast IRL members segments that we put up Monday through Thursday. And you'll also get an ad-free experience, and you will sleep well knowing that you are supporting fierce and independent journalism, because we actually have a bunch of independent journalism, uh, um, or I should say, on-the-ground reporting that we are producing. We just had a reporter in New York City covering a union protest against vaccine mandates. So if you want to support more work like that, become a member at TimCast.com. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, leave us a good review on podcasts, whatever. Share it with your friends. 
let's uh, let's just quickly go into the more serious nature of what's happening because we have uh, here's here's a story. Uh, this is uh, um, one of the most recent stories we've been able to find. ABC Seven reporting at seven p.m. Thirteen U.S. service members killed in Kabul airport attacks. Biden says attackers will pay. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay, Biden said. Two suicide bombers and gunmen attacked crowds of Afghans flocking to Kabul's airport Thursday, transforming a scene of desperation into one of horror in the waning days of of an airlift for those fleeing the Taliban takeover. The attacks killed at least 60 Afghans and 13 U.S. troops. Afghan and U.S. officials, I think one of the most harrowing things I heard was a a man who was an interpreter for the Marine Corps called into Fox News and said that after the blast, there was a, you know, five-year-old little girl that he was trying to resuscitate and she died in his arms. This didn't have to happen. Why, why are we in this mess? No, this had to happen. I... So much of the criticism that has been directed at the Biden administration, which, by the way, they've tried to deflect by conflating criticism for how we are withdrawing with the very sort of non-existent criticism that we should have never left. The main argument isn't we shouldn't leave uh, Afghanistan. I think most people actually do support that. A lot of polling shows that, especially recent polling. The criticism is for how we have done it. In, in the weeks since this has happened, it has been clear that everything they have done has been made up as they go. There was no plan. They claim they planned for all contingencies. Clearly, they did not. They evacuated the military before they evacuated our allies and civilians. In that, the dead of night, no less. In the de- and they didn't, they didn't inform the field commander at Bagram Air Base, by the way. They didn't tell the Afghani commander. They just Irish goodbye overnight. Wow. After 20 years, it's like a bad boyfriend. Um, so one thing that I, I hear repeatedly when I criticize or I, I talk about this on social media or write about it or these kind of, you know, the Twitter Biden stands respond with, oh, could you could you be doing it better? Yes. Yes, I could. Number one, don't you, you evacuate your civilians first, leave your military there as a rear guard. Then you take out your combat troops. This is so don't close down Bagram and has two airstrips. It's also secluded and, and strategically situated. Instead, they've bottlenecked everyone in an international airport in Kabul that's surrounded by the Taliban, and we're now completely dependent on whether or not the Taliban will pretty please let our people live. It's, it's how many people in Kabul? Five million or, or something like that? Roughly. I'd have to double check. But so, it's a very dense, urban, populated area. And now we're asking our soldiers and Marines and everyone else over there to essentially ferry these people to safety, despite the fact they're completely surrounded. This needs to be stressed to all of the people who are desperate to say it's not Biden's fault. First thing I'll give you is when they say it's George W. Bush fault, I go, all right. Well, to a certain degree, I would agree with that. But Donald Trump had a peace deal and a plan for, for, for the evacuation, for the pullout. And, yeah, I don't think Joe Biden had a plan. No, that's the thing, too, is like, look, we can say Trump's plan was garbage. We can say it was ill-advised. We could say it was stupid. That doesn't matter. Biden is not beholden to it. He's a grown-ass president. He can make his own decisions. And he has shown repeatedly he has no problem overturning Trump executive actions, Trump policies, or anything else related to Trump. He ran on the fact that he would overturn everything. So the idea that – because he's been striking this bizarre uh, uh, tone where it's paradoxical where he says, no, yeah, I made the decision because I care about America. Also, my hands are tied. What can I do? And but so this, like, is, this is this, – already we, we have we, – we got to break this down and make sure everybody understands this. The original deadline was May 1st. Mm-hmm. You should not, in the middle of the night, skip out on your strategic Air Force base, which is, I believe, about 45 miles outside of Kabul. Mm-hmm. That It's got, what, two runways? Two runways, yeah. So 
I mean, the first thing I started reading when I'm reading from the opinions of national security experts, military experts in these in these in these various op eds, why did they in the middle of the night abandon the the the, the base along with our resources, our, our weapons, just the, the Black Hawk helicopters, and then say, okay, now now for everybody who's still there, if you want to leave, go to the airport. Why? That I'm I'm just I'm confused. I'm genuinely confused because let me, let me just stress this point. Either they're really, really dumb or they did it on purpose. This is something we keep coming back to where you, you know, the old saying is never attribute malice uh, to that which can be uh, explained simply by stupidity. Hanlon's razor. Yes, Thank you. my favorite. But you're looking at this is how we left military aircraft, which now the Taliban have, and they're almost certainly going to sell that to the Chinese or Russians to disseminate and study and make their own versions. Mm. We left hundreds of guns. We left millions of dollars. We left trucks. And then, again, taking military out first doesn't make any sense. You look at this and you go, why and how? I keep getting stuck on that. And the sort of the nonsensical approach that Biden has taken to this every step of the way is we had to get out. And then when the Taliban came and, and overran the country, nobody saw this was would happen. And then the bombs go off today and essentially it's, well, you know, this is why we have to leave. And also... We have to leave and also send in more troops because we now need to go get the people who did this. What is there a plan? Where 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 is the political commentary gone from? What a couple of days ago it was. This is literally Trump's plan. It's Trump's fault. Now they're saying bombs go off all the time in Afghanistan. That's why we're leaving. Mm-hmm. But so it goes to the point. We're like, who cares if this is Trump's thing? You are president now. Today he was asked at his press conference. Uh, president Biden was. Is if he takes full responsibility for the dead Marines and the Navy uh, medic, the corpsman. And he answered, um, not even loosely paraphrasing, I take full responsibility. But remember, this was Trump's plan. That's what he said. He did say that. He was responding to Peter Ducey at Fox News. Mm. Trump's plan was not to leave in August. Right. It was was, May 1st. That's the other thing to point out is that he keeps saying, I am tied to what Trump did. They already blew through the deadline established by the Trump administration. And the point we keep coming back to is Trump's plan didn't involve shuttering Bagram, getting the military out first, and then abandoning U.S. nationals and and our allies. That was never in the Trump plan. I don't, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that this dumb, to be completely honest, because you know that if you pull the military out before your civ- the civilians and you abandon an Air Force base, you know this is going to happen. So, I mean, look, we keep coming back. Is it stupidity? Because they say we didn't have any intelligence. General uh, Miley said we didn't have anything indicating that the Taliban would essentially retake the entire country within seven days. The intelligence community is saying otherwise. Somebody's this is like the the line from the old Dire Straits song is that two men say they're Jesus. One of them's got to be wrong. Yeah. That's what this feels like. OK, somebody's not telling the truth right now. There got to be hearings on this. I mean, they got they knew. Of course, they knew they were ready to take the country in seven days. They, they'd known that. We were evacuating for like eight months. They've been ready for this moment. No, but it, we weren't supposed to pull logistics and support for 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 the Afghan yeah, security forces. Yeah, they smelled forces. blood and they seized the opportunity. Well, there there were videos going back uh, a month or two ago where the Afghan commandos were fighting back, and then when they, there, there's this video, it's horrifying. They run out of ammo, so they surrender, and the Taliban comes in and executes them all, films it all, and puts it on the internet. So they they didn't immediately just say we give up. No. The Biden administration abandoned them, as you mentioned, didn't even tell the, 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 the was it the commander, the Afghan yeah, he was, commander? Yeah, he was the airfield uh, commander there. Just at Bagram? Yeah, at Bagram. He was the Bagram commander of, of the Afghan Dude, army. I'm looking at a, at a satellite image of Bagram and Kabul. How, who in their right mind would think that, that evacuating Bagram would make any sense? If you and look on the map, people to, yeah. they're like in a valley together, Kabul and Bagram, surrounded by mountains. 
like defensible location. Why would they? Why would they abandon the, that airstrip? The only way you can get to that airstrip is with trucks or with a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? With an air force. Neither of which, well, Taliban have trucks. But they, well, they have an air force. Yeah, now. they do. Because we abandoned Bagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the thing. Biden also claimed today that he was advised by his top commanders and military advisors that Bagram could be left because it didn't provide much of a strategic output. So, like again. I don't want to jump on the impeach train or whatever too soon, but at this point, like, there need to be hearings, especially now that American blood has been shed, which I, I just want to clarify. One of the more really irritating and insidious narratives that has been kind of bubbling up in the press right now is, well, you know, not a lot of Americans have died. I'm like, yeah. What about our Afghan allies who are being hunted? They're being executed. They're being, their homes are being, you know, door to door. They're being dragged out in the street. They're being tortured. That doesn't matter just as long as American blood's not shed. And now, and now they're saying, well, you know, the bombs go off. It, it happens all the time. And, of course, that's why we're getting out in the first place. It's not Biden's fault. No, I'll tell you what I said, um, what many people said, what almost every single person we've had on this show has said. It, it is so such common sense. Abandoning American citizens in, in Kabul, abandoning Bagram Air Force Base, you better prepare yourself for what's to come in the next several days when we start seeing the blood of Americans and our allies. Now, what we're seeing here... Man, it's like a, it's got getting punched in the gut because we knew it was bad already. Mm-hmm. And we are I, I kind of feel like in the past few days I was thinking like, wow, Biden screwed this one up. But hearing that they were securing the, 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 the airport and they were getting out, I was like, OK, he botched this. Americans are going to be stranded. But maybe this ends at the very least without reaching this level. Like I didn't I, I didn't part of me, I guess, wanted to hold out thinking like we're not going to see, you know, bombs going off at the airport. I, I'm. I mean, I guess I'll just disagree. I thought the moment that they bottlenecked themselves in Kabul, surrounded by the Taliban, we're completely at the mercy. I'm, what I'm saying, emotionally, I was oh, not, oh. I was I was sitting here thinking like it's going to be okay. Hmm. Like I, the Americans are in trouble that I get. Our allies, they're in there, but I have a feeling like there's a chance that we're gonna we're gonna at least just taper off here. It's not going to escalate to that point. And it was I think it was me being. I was just naive, naively hopeful. Well, you know but also, I mean? like I was saying before the show, too, the Taliban, I think the Taliban wants to be recognized legitimately as the government of Afghanistan. So they're willing to play ball here and, and make sure these people get out safely. But there's lots of rogue elements with right. explosives that are, that want to kill. Well, ISIS-K has claimed responsibility for the bombing today, mm-hmm. which apparently ISIS-K is the off branch of the old ISIS. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But to your point, I, I think a lot of us are going to have to prepare ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever, uh, for if there are Americans left behind, which I, I guess should add, I should add right now, the White House is very clearly signaling that they they themselves believe Americans will be left behind. They will be captured. 
And we will see happen to them most likely what ISIS it's, has done to their prisoners. They line them up in their orange suits and they make propaganda out of them. Mm-hmm. It's it's worse than that. My friends, I hope you are prepared for the next story we have for you, and I hope you're prepared to uh, sit. I hope you're sitting down for this. With the amount of people that are estimated to be trapped in Afghanistan, be it Afghan allies, even the citizens, but uh, American citizens especially, who we have a responsibility to as our as our you know. Our brothers and sisters, our commu- you know, uh, as well as our Afghan allies, for sure, and to humanity in general. There's estimates between 1,000, 2,000 at the low end, where they're like, oh, there's about 1,000 or 2,000 left of American citizens we got to evacuate. Some are saying that it was, you know, NBC News reported 15,000, then they evacuated about 4,500, so it might be 10,000. When we hear, and I want you to remember this, that there are American hostages, I want you to remember what the Biden administration did from Politico. U.S. officials provided Taliban with names of Americans and Afghan allies to evacuate. Quote, basically, they just put all those Afghans on a kill list, said one one official, one defense official. I don't see why that would be untrue for the Americans. Biden did this with Vladimir Putin. Remember that? He was like, hey, here's the list of things we don't want you to to attack. And they're like, thanks for the, the hit list of your most important infrastructure. Now they're coming out and being like, here are the people we really care about. They're like, oh, so the ransom's doubled, eh? Or not even the people we care about. Hey, by the way, here are these people. These right. people have been hiding. They've been begging for help. It was actually my, uh, my old buddy from Washington Examiner, uh, Phil Wegman, who's now with Real Clear. He was the one who asked the president today at the press conference about this report. He says, can you comment on it? And the president essentially confirmed it, saying there may be such lists being given to the Taliban, but I- I'm not sure. Which is, again, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me that the commander-in-chief apparently doesn't know what's going on over there. We've seen the Taliban beating people. There's a video of an Australian man. He's being beaten. He's covered in blood. The Taliban can claim whatever they want, but they look the the leadership, like you mentioned just previously, Ian, that they want to be seen as they they do want to be seen as a legitimate government. They're calling themselves the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. They don't want to be just this rogue element, the Taliban. They want to be the government, but they can't control their own people. Right? Stuff gets leaked. Look, that that list is going to get leaked. Look, even if they want to be a legitimate government, I think the fact that we're losing sight of the fact that it's the fanatic death cult. And we are now completely at their mercy. We are, look, I, I can, I can get down this road later. We are the greatest country, the biggest superpower. I love America and we are completely beholden to the whims of a fanatic death cult mm. in Afghanistan. By right choice. By, by Biden choice. choice. And the fact that there's a question about whether this administration won't move earth and heaven to save its, its own, you know, citizens. Any country or a government that doesn't make every possible effort to rescue its own people is not a country that deserves to be one. I gotta read you this paragraph. U.S. officials in Kabul gave the Taliban a list of names of American citizens, green card holders, and Afghan allies to grant entry into the militant-controlled outer perimeter of the city's airport, a choice that's prompted outrage behind the scenes from lawmakers and military officials. It seems like the Biden administration is treating these people like any other country or government when they literally just stormed in, killed a bunch of Afghan security forces, started taking over cities, and they're like, yeah, here, here's a list of names for your checkpoints. Do you think that the, the Taliban checkpoints are legitimate checkpoints where they're going to be like, oh, yes, an American passport right this way, sir. Or they're going to be like, we got an American. Okay, right that way, sir. Mm. Maybe, to your point, they might for the Americans because they don't want to start another another match. Who knows if Biden will actually make good on his threat and if that ISIS-K will be met with swift retribution. Those Afghan allies, those people are as good as dead. The Taliban will make an example out of them. Oh, yeah. They, those people don't have a chance. Now they know where they are and they know they're coming. This is the one thing that I think might, might naively be giving me hope. 
that the Taliban is scared. You go, you, you, you start, you start going after these American citizens and you're going to get, you're going to give them an excuse for reentry. And they want the Americans gone. They want us out. Right. The Afghans who are staying behind. Well, they're the, they're, they're the apostates. They're, they're the they're refugees. They should be admitted mm. status, refugee status. Oh, the our, our, our allies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the translators, the families of the translators. The fact the that we that didn't get them out first. What were we, what did they, we knew this was going to happen. We knew the Taliban would come after these people. Anyone with a target. We saw this in Iraq after ISIS came out. I got it. My brother served in Iraq as a U.S. Marine. And one of the first things ISIS did when they came to power and started marauding through the Middle East is they killed anyone who worked with the United States Marines. So a lot of guys my brother worked with are now dead. There's precedent for this. But where we're at right now is that U.S. officials actually gave the names of these people to the Taliban. That, that, that's a kill list. That, I agree with that defense official. Like, like we can say, we're crossing our fingers that the Taliban has enough control. They're going to say, mm-hmm. get these Americans out of here before we cause more trouble. But this list of Afghan citizens who worked with them, mm-hmm. that they're done. I mean, the Biden administration in this regard, I think, is correct, and is that we have shared interest with the Taliban. We want to leave. They want us out. So they may play ball to a degree. But the fact that here we are hoping and praying, please, fanatic death cult, play ball. I mean, this we put ourselves in this. The biggest, most powerful country in the world, aside from maybe China, is put itself in this position and now we're just hoping and praying, but I'm telling you, you those, know Af- we, those Afghan allies, they are as good as dead. You know how we put ourselves in this position? How? Trump was anti-elected. Ah, could you just explain that? There was no enthusiasm for Joe Biden in the no. election. None. It was like 20% or something. Enthusiasm for Donald Trump was in the 90s. Enthusiasm against Trump was also very, very high. Yep. And so this is what happens when you say, we will literally vote for anything because the orange man is bad. We had a man uh, in Joe Biden who couldn't talk, so they made up that he had a stutter. You go watch videos from Joe Biden when he was in the Senate. He doesn't have a stutter. He never had a stutter. Maybe when he was a little kid, I guess, fine. Now they're claiming that his inability to speak, his, his memory failings, oh, it's just uh, he's got a stutter. Stop being mean to him. No, no, no. People were willing to elect a man who was old and incapable simply because they hated Trump. And I, I mentioned this the other day. I, I genuinely believe there would at least be adults in the room. Like, okay, well, you know, this happened, but there's there's, there's going to be some adults in the room who are at least going to be like, you know, when Grandpa falls asleep, I'll I'll take this over and we'll, we'll we'll finish up these documents and get a plan ready and just you know wheelchair him into the sun with a little burlap set, you know, blanket on his lap. No, they didn't. And now I, now I kind of understand what's really going on with this administration. That Biden's at the meeting and he mutters and stumbles, and they all just kind of look at each other and go, whatever, because all I care about is me. Where's Kamala Harris when all this goes down? Don't look at me. She's gone. So now I, I, I genuinely believe that in this administration with Joe Biden, Millie, you know, uh, uh, Kamala Harris, they don't know. They don't care. They're probably just thinking like, hey, man, I'm not going to do anything that puts me in, in, grants me the responsibility for this one. So if Biden mutters and falls asleep, we're just going to say fine. Because then when it all goes belly up, his fault, not ours. Right. Instead of being the adults in the room and being like, Biden abandoning an Air Force base for an embassy is a bad idea. Mark Milley, what did he say? He said, I was ordered to guard the embassy. Did you maybe just think, um, Mr. President, we have to guard the Air Force base. How are we going to, how are we going to evacuate people? No, he was just like, you got it. Right. White rage. Right. I mean, these are career bureaucrats. Someone like <laughs> Kamala Harris isn't going to risk everything she's climbed her way to the top to get in order to tell Biden no. In order to save 20,000 people. Yeah, she's not going to risk her career. But is it really that are, are they really that craven? I mean, to me, this is one of those things. I'm trying to think of like a, a parallel. No, it's too dark. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to It's know. such. It's pretty dark. Well, okay. 
Catholic sex abuse is such a clear-cut thing that the church should be fighting. I'm a Roman Catholic, by the way, so I'm not just dumping on the Catholic church. The fact that it is struggling to deal with what is clearly a vile and evil thing, mm. and it's turned into a, like, you know, it's difficult sometimes. You know, like, no, no, no. this is so easy. How are you struggling with this? Likewise, in a different thing. Right, that's dark. <laughs> it's very dark. <laughs> Let's get back to the administration. It's, no, but it's something like that. It was like, how are you struggling with the question of getting every American out? This is so easy. This is so basic. Every major great civilization has put a premium on its own people. And the fact that they're actually using language, the one thing, watch this. Jen Psaki and all of them are saying, using that weird phrase, that terminology, Americans who wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. Right. They're already laying the groundwork for the Americans who are going to be left behind because they can claim they didn't want to leave. Actually, the president said that today in his press conference. He said there were a lot who didn't want to leave because they got family. And the thing is, once America pulls out, and Taliban takes over. Who is going to double check that claim? A bunch of right. American journalists are going to fly into it's Taliban a, control this of is, Afghanistan. This is priorities. What is the what, what? What has the Biden administration prioritized? Nation building. That's it. So when when they decide they're going to be getting out, American citizens are not their priority at all. It's just this was our priority. We're leaving. Fine. Everything else we don't give it. We don't give. But a how about. can it not be? Not look. Let's put the moral aspect, the, the way that it's morally decrepit, that they are dancing around this issue and hemming and hawing on the issue of saving Americans and Afghan allies. Let's look at the political issue. This is going. There's, this doesn't go away. I know uh, Reuters reported re- reported recently that the White House strategy is essentially to just wait this out. They think people will forget about it after it comes oh. and goes. Yeah, after no, thirteen. Dead. This is going to be so much worse. Than, first of all, it already is worse than Saigon. And Saigon didn't have people with cameras in their pockets everywhere. Yeah. You had a couple of major newswires taking photos. Everyone is going to see this. And it's, I'm telling you, if Americans are left and they're captured and they're made into propaganda tools and killed and executed, you don't lit, you, you don't weather that. that no, he's got to, he's got to resign. No, he res- and then you have President Kamala. So I know. Go- I, 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 I tweeted that. I said, with all the talk about impeaching Joe Biden, which would you prefer, President Biden or President Harris? Oh, God. Most people said President Biden. I know, right? <laughs> Can I just take the arsenic? <laughs> right, yeah. Somebody said, uh, don't, don't forget to in, uh, include Pelosi, mm-hmm. because if you get Kamala, I don't, I don't see grounds for impeaching Kamala. Well, it turns into this whole weird thing where the Senate is already split, so I don't even think she gets the vice president because that, that's a lopsided vote. That's a whole weird thing on it. So that's a parliamentarian. Well, no, you but know, we get into the issue. So what is the political angle? I can't – look, the moral angle we can simply, maybe simplistically say they're just bad people, which I think is fairly true at this point. But the political angle is like, what are you doing? So I keep yeah. coming back to this. Is Why are we doing it this way? You are going to get killed in the midterms. You're going to get killed in the election. <clears> if there are images – of mass groups of Americans getting executed. God forbid. Yeah. I'm not going to knock on wood like Joe Biden. Like, God, when he, he did that in his interview with George Stephanopoulos. Did you he see that? He knocked on wood? Yeah. No, when uh, Stephanopoulos was like, is, cause this, was this the best way to do it? And he's like, look, you know, it's, it's working out. And Stephanopoulos said, there's a lot of pandemonium. And the president, I'm not making the same, said, but, but look, nobody died. And then he <gasps> continued. I was like, oh, God, oh. you're actually knocking on wood. <laughs> Literally doing it. You want to know? Oh so politically, you want to know why are they doing this? There's no upside to what they're doing. There's no rhyme or reason unless chaos because, is the answer. Because Biden is is incompetent. He is well past his 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 abilities to do this in his age, and the people around him are just sitting there waiting to to scoop up the scraps. It's 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 almost like there's no one there to actually support administration. It's an that's why I say Trump got anti-elected because this is not an administration. Mm. 
They're not stepping up and saying, Biden, let me take care of this. Let me let me try and fix some of this. They're just sitting there. I'd imagine Kamala Harris is sitting behind the curtain with a with a grin like, oh, it's almost my time. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You want to know, out of, out of everybody, who's actually doing stuff for the people in Afghanistan? This surprised the hell out of me. Well, Glenn Beck, I hear. Glenn Beck. Check out this story from oh. The Blaze. Glenn Beck travels to the Middle East, shares updates from Afghanistan rescue efforts, and photos featuring scores of Afghan Christians boarding private planes. Glenn Beck wow. is an extremely wealthy man. He has absolutely no reason. He doesn't need to do this to prove anything to anybody. He is not gonna, he's not gonna bolster his, he's, he's rich already and successful with a massive brand and a massive company. And he's doing this because, in my opinion, he means it. And he's doing something good because he can. That, to me, is incredible. Some other people, there's, there's a lot of organizations that are fighting for this as well, that are trying to get people out. We saw that one, one individual, I think his name was uh, Matt Zeller. Was that his name? Yeah, he, Matt Zeller. Yeah. He appeared on MSNBC talking about how they've been warning the Biden administration. He's a former for Afghanistan years. veteran, by the That's way. That's right. Mm. About our allies who need our help. I could not imagine, you know, uh, being somebody uh, who, who served over there, who met a lot of good people who risked their necks to help you secure secure the city, you know, stop terror attacks. And then when you leave, our government says, oh, that guy you knew and worked with for a few years, your buddy, we're going to leave him to die. Mm-hmm. But, to, but not to rehash all that. We got this story about Glenn Beck. This is really incredible. The Blaze reports, and The Blaze is Glenn Beck's outlet. Conservative firebrand Glenn Beck and the Nazarene Fund's incredible efforts in rescuing Afghan Christian refugees are paying off. And Beck and the Nazarene Fund together have been able to free scores and scores of people from war-torn Afghanistan. Absolutely amazing. At the time of this reporting, the Nazarene Fund has raised more than $30 million to aid in the rescue of Afghan refugees. In In an early Wednesday morning Instagram update, Beck wrote, I cannot specify for international relations and security reasons exactly where I am today, but I am in the Middle East at the home base of operations for the Nazarene Fund. I will try to join radio podcast right at the top of 9 a.m., on the blaze. So I'm not, I'm not sure he's actually in, uh, in Afghanistan himself. He might, he may be at like the ingestion center, which could be only a few hundred miles away, just over a border or something, maybe Uzbekistan. I, we, he hasn't said where, but regardless, for him to go and do this, I think is absolutely incredible. And, uh, the people who are able to do it, it's absolutely uh, amazing. They say late Tuesday night, Beck shared a video of himself in what appeared to be a plane in which he said, just got a briefing a few minutes ago on what's been happening today and what's been going on overseas. We are still moving people at this point. It's like you're a Christian, you're a female judge. I don't care. Get on the plane from Afghanistan. It is horrible, horrible to hear what we are now 
We are, we are now cutting our time short. 72 hours. Why is the U.S. now making a bad situation much, much worse by having them cut our deadline? Why am I sitting here praising Glenn Beck for, for flying in on his own dime to rescue people? I don't get it. I why really, is, really don't get it. Why, Look, why is he doing the job of the State Department and the Department of Defense? Why did they abandon their helicopters? Why did the U.S. abandon air equipment? I know it seems like a. It seems like it was intentional, man. I can't. I. I. I, I look. Look. I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. I always say I want to make the least amount of assumptions. But how could it possibly be that they're, for one, screwing up the? They, they didn't evacuate Americans or allies. They abandoned an air force base in the dead of night and didn't tell the Afghan security forces. How is that an accident? I don't know. Again, I was saying I, I don't want to jump I'm on just, that. I don't want to do the no the resistance thing. Jump on impeachment every time. I know. Chance I know. Again. I know. There have to be hearings on this. I need to know. We all need to know what happened. And I just want to clarify real quick when I was saying that Glenn Beck's doing the job of the State Department and the Department of Defense. Actual soldiers, actual Marines, actual State Department officials and CIA have been doing everything they can. I'm talking about leadership is what I'm dumping on right now. I don't want to – I'm not speaking ill of the rank and file who are actually out there risking their lives clearly as we saw today. I'm. You know what what has always bothered me? I I remember during the Bush era – when I was like a teenager, we were always complaining about war. Didn't understand what the point of being in these countries was, but I, we always agreed on one thing. Not everybody. We don't blame the troops. No, we respect them because they're the ones who stood up and said, you know, we're here to serve the country in good faith. We were angry with the establishment machine, the neocons, the big, the military industrial complex, complex, sending our brothers and sisters, men and women in uniform, our, our children into harm's way. And for what? And so right now, it is the worst of the worst example of this. 13 U.S. servicemen and women are dead because, for one, the nation building, and two, when they were exiting the country, they just did not care. Or, or, or I'll tell you this. You know what? The people who voted for Joe Biden, you chose this. You, you chose to have an emperor with no clothes. I'm going to shout it out to Sam Harris. You guys probably know Sam Harris. He is a very prominent podcaster. Mm. And, of course, he was uh, always very anti-Trump. During the election, he was always ragging on Trump, very much so. He tweet, he quote-tweeted himself. In an old tweet, he said, Feeling overwhelming gratitude for the adults in the room on January 20th. Today, he quoted that and said, Publicly eating these words syllable by syllable. Good. That's, 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 How could he have not have seen that? <laughs> See, that's Sam Harris, man. To that point, you, you say Biden voters voted for this. The thing that anyone could have seen this coming, Biden has been in Congress since 1973. He has a track record. He's known. This is like when Donald Trump became president and people, especially the people like the liberals who boosted him over Marco Rubio during the primaries were like, oh, my God, how could he be like this? I'm like, it's Donald Trump. He has been like this since he's been in the public eye. None of this is new. This is who he has always been. This is his whole persona. Biden is a known entity. If you did not know that he is one of the worst people on foreign policy, who's been wrong about every major foreign policy issue since the 1970s, that's on you. It was on you to do your research, to listen. But to your point about being unelected, uh, trumping, trumping anti-elected. anti-elected. That's the thing. I actually, I can't remember. It was a guest on your own show who was talking about this. But one of the things that the press did. And a quick sidebar. I will say one thing that's really impressed me. Uh, as much as anything about Afghanistan has impressed me, the press coverage has actually been really good. It's been thorough. It's been damning. It's been uh, completely just straightforward. They love war. 
You know what I mean? So the one time you're getting an honest approach is when Biden screws up the war they want. I I don't know if Clarissa Ward like CNN loves war. No, no, no. It's just the editors at CNN. The editors, the, they uh, choose what to what, what's going to get them money, what's going to get attention. And so right now, this is this is ratings. But to the we, point, we, we heard with the, with the Veritas leaks. We know what CNN's all about. But but, to, but I agree. I do. I do. To the point, I cannot remember his name. He was a guest on your show. He was talking about one of the things the media and the Democrats Democrats did is they terrified people every single day. Everything Trump did was new. It was unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. This is the worst thing. That, every single day, even normal stuff like dumping fish food in a koi pond yeah. in Japan. And it was edited. It was a fake video. It was a fake video. I know. I even I, This is one of those moments you write about. I was like, what am I writing about? <laughs> <laughs> because they made, oh my God, you know what happened in Japan? Every single day, they terrified people into voting for anything that was orange man. I, I, I like to use the plumber analogy, but I think at this point we should use the mechanic analogy. I'd like you to, to imagine that your car breaks down and you have two mechanics before you and one guy is this tall, loud mouth orange guy going, it's a disgusting horse car. It's nasty. I hate it, but I'll fix it. I'll make it run. Your car will be great. And you're like, oh, jeez. Yeah. And then you look over, there's another guy and he's asleep. And when you're like, yo, are you going to fix my car? He goes, Turn on a shop of pressure. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to go with that guy who just said something random, some random gibberish sentence. I don't even know what he said. And I'm going to trust it. And then you get in your car. You're driving down the street. And then you're coming to a red light. And you press the brake down. And nothing happens. And you're like, what's happening? I'm so surprised that I chose the guy who couldn't even speak. And now my car crashes. And But that's the thing. is, It's not even who he was in 2020. There's 40 years of history to look at. <laughs> right. People, I know so many people who voted for him over Trump because they said, I voted for character competence and decency and like biden is neither of those and he's shown that repeatedly and i would say too to the the issue of people being terrified every single day because everything was unprecedented the irony of that now is the united states gearing up to abandon u.s citizens in a taliban-run country that actually is as terrifying as all the bs most of the bs they said about donald trump for all years he was president so we come to this area now and it's like wh where are we supposed to go so you say biden oh, oh yeah the the guy who's clearly not who he was in 2012. That's what I can say about him. I covered him in 2012. I covered him in 2020. And I can tell you right now, Biden is not the man he was in 2012 when he filleted Paul Ryan during the vice presidential debate. But even beyond that, one of the greatest tricks in American politics is that Joe Biden rebranded as his kindly old ice cream eating uncle. <laughs> when he's been one of the meanest knife fighters in the Senate, he was famous for it. And for some reason, people who've been covering Congress and the United States and, and U.S. politics for much longer than I ever have just went along with it. Old Grandpa Joe loves his grandpa and his pa and Scranton. And I was like, what? We all know who he is. We've seen this over and over again. He is a ruthless, cunning, self-serving, money-grubbing. Plagiarist. Plagiarist. Oh, yeah. I mean, he yeah. made over up. Over and over he, again. He, he, he embellished out. a story about his own wife and daughter died. Yeah. Who does that? Ugh. He claimed the man. Sociopath. He claimed the man in was a at fault and drunk. None of that was true. He's a sociopath. He's a bad person. And I know people in 2020, after 40 years, 40 years of facts and details in history, going, I voted for character. Where? What character? <laughs> Trump was a character. Trump had a lot. Man has too much character. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and you know all the things they would say about Trump. It's like the big problem is, listen, man, to all the Trump haters. I'm like, I hear you on a lot of it, but bro, when you come to me, like I would sit down with someone and like, why do you dislike Trump? Seven out of the ten things they said were fake news. Did you see what happened with Shinzo Abe when he's like just dumping? He's making us look bad. I'm like, oh, you mean when he did what Shinzo did first? Like Shinzo dumped the food in, so Trump said okay, and then followed suit. 
You're blaming him for that? Well, he's meeting with, with, with dictators, and I'm like, negotiating peace deals with dictators is a bad thing now? Obama did it. He met with the Castros. I, which which oh, I didn't I care for. I'm not saying that's necessarily good, but the idea is that this is unprecedented. We've never seen this before in their history. I'm like, what? Right. It's, it's always negotiate first. I mean, you can the always very fine people betray hoax. your allies in oh, the worst case scenario, you know? The very fine people hoax. Jeez. Joe Biden used to launch his campaign. Yeah. A lie. I did, for 2017, I did a database of all the bogus and sloppy and just flat out false reporting of the Trump administration. And it ended up being about a 13-page document if you printed it out. And I stopped after 2017 because it was too much work. Wow. <laughs> it was so much nonsense to the point. Even now, people are continuing some of it. I, Drawing a blank on his name, he's this, it, he's this presidential historian who works for NBC, is still railing against Melania Trump's uh, renovation of the Rose Garden. Talking oh. about how she made it into some weird sort of fascist icon. And she just returned it to the 1962 Kennedy blueprint. And he's like, he's, she's destroyed what Jacqueline Kennedy R- made R- for us. Remember when CNN reported that Trump's salt and pepper shaker was larger than everyone else's? How are like these it. stories? And it wasn't even necessarily Trump's pepper shaker. It was like in front of him to the right was like two larger square shakers. And then to his left was like smaller ones. And they're like, look, it's bigger. It's like, I'm sure everyone's you. Trump doesn't have like his own. He pulls out of his coat. And he's like, it's mine. <laughs> I remember once looking up and CNN had a Chiron and it said, Trump gets two scoops of ice yes. cream. And I was like, go turn cartoons on and literally well, anything to, else. What am, what am I to watching? To be fair, though, that woman does these. Like, that, no, she, her whole gag is that she does goofy, funny right. reporting story. But, but the problem but is the, that all of CNN started to look like all of her. No, 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 no. They, all of CNN picked up the story. <laughs> and then I ended up seeing, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't know which show it was, but they were like two scoops of ice cream. And then they ran the story. I, I'm willing to bet Jeff Zucker was like, hey, that actually plays well. Can you re-roll it yeah. like in the next show? You know, you know what Jeff Zucker? He was, he was, uh, he is he out at CNN? He's still there, right? He's still there. Do you know? Uh, so for those that aren't familiar, he's, he's the president, I believe, right? President of CNN. Yes. Oh, well, um, well, I'm, I'm getting hazy. It's chief something or other of it. What was his job before CNN? NBC. And what did he produce at NBC? The Apprentice. <laughs> That's crazy. which is a Donald Trump uh, joint reality venture. TV reality show. TV show. I've written about this. Jeff Zucker's stewardship of CNN has turned CNN. CNN has WWEified the yep. news. It's all about heels and faces. You got the good guys and the bad guys. And tonight, Don Lemon's going to take on parents who love their children and don't want them to be masked. Like last night, he was like, just because you have kids doesn't mean you should have them. Yeah, I said it. Like, this isn't new. What? Just because you have kids doesn't mean you should have them? Yeah, I'm not making this up, by the way. He was railing against... should take your kids from you? He was railing against parents who are anti-having their kids masked Mm -hmm. for eight hours a day in school. And his big... The big line that people at Mediate wrote about and stuff was, just because you have kids doesn't mean you should. Period. Yeah, I said it. Wow. Like, like this isn't even analysis. You just, I can't even say the word. You just, what is this? This is, this WWE-ifying. is like WWE effing. Right. WWE that's, 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 that's not fair though to WWE. Yeah. Cause WWE is over the top fun. Also, as I've written before, WWE also has the courage to admit what it is and right. doesn't pretend to be anything else. But when I, I watched this clip recently, I don't know when it's from. I don't watch, watch it, but it was John Cena's birthday or something. And he, do you know this clip? He like walks out and everyone's like pointing and he's like, he looks over and there's a present and he opens it and it's a folding chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny. It's funny. It's, it's also fake. It's, yeah, they know. Right, but that's the thing. WWE CNN, is fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on. Not. Hold on. Supposed to be I, don't, I don't like the word fake when talking about wrestling because it's entertainment. It's, fi- it's fiction. I'll yes. put it that way. It's yes. fiction. CNN is not supposed to be fiction. Right, but that's the thing. They have the same approach, which is heels and faces. There's good guys. And see, since Donald Trump left office, their ratings have tanked. Mm-hmm. It's been across the board. People don't know what to talk about. That's why 
that you find the next they've been focusing on Tucker Carlson and Fox News and Fox News has to be the new Trump because Trump's out right. of office. So. Oh, they, they've tried. I love it. Uh, Brian Stelter is like, what, 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 what? Who he keeps trying to pin it on someone else is is Tucker Carlson the new Trump? And then who else did he accuse? Is t- uh, they went after Marjorie Taylor Greene. It didn't stick. They went oh. after Tucker Carlson. It doesn't stick. Yeah, they find a new person. It seems like every every they, week. they try to accuse someone else of being the new Trump because they're they are desperate to find a Trump. Right. There's only one Stone Cold Steve Austin though. Yeah, I'm sorry, exactly. you just can't replace him. And that's the, you see this in the news. You see this in MSNBC. Honestly, if you told me in 2016. That MSNBC would be the slightly more reputable network than CNN during the Trump era, I would have said you're crazy. But I have to say it, MSNBC actually was more reputable for all those years. Wow. All, I mean, but all this kind of seems almost beside the point. But this goes to we have the president who we have now because people were told they needed to be terrified of the other guy because the stuff he did was dangerous and going to get everyone killed. And the irony now is we're looking at a situation where a lot of people, God forbid, you know, just keep praying. That doesn't happen in Afghanistan. And this is what we're at. And I, I find myself – look, I don't blame Biden voters. There is a part of me, though, that is largely angry because Biden is such a known entity. If you did not know this is who he is, that's on you. You had 40 years of material to look over. There's, there's a, a few ways I approach this. So, so for one, you know, I, I talked about the other day that when it comes to fascist policies, I blame those who uphold them. So with like the New York City mandates – Who's making the mandate and who's enforcing it? It's the mom and pop shops that are enforcing it because the cops can't go to every single restaurant. No, it's only because the citizens of New York are willing to do it. Uh, who, who's who's the one who's confiscating people's weapons and their right to keep and bear arms? It's the police who are doing it. However, with the American voter, I don't necessarily blame every person who voted for Biden. For, for Biden. Now, it's true that if you voted for Biden, you voted for this. But the media who is manipulating and lying and and ripping off the American people deserve a massive amount of the blame for this. At the end of the day, I think it's the responsibility of the individual to be informed. And if you're just watching CNN and believing it without doing any fact-checking, yeah, you bear responsibility. But how do you deal with CNN, MSNBC, and their outright lies over and over again? Look, man, never been a big fan of Fox News. Not a big fan of a lot of their hosts. But their news, like Brett Baer, is great. Mm -hmm. Bill Hemmer is great. Yeah, no, uh, what was that? Was that New Day or no? No, that's, that's CNN. Isn't that's it? CNN. Yeah. That's America's Newsroom. America's Newsroom. Yeah, they do a great job. I, I like Chris trash. Wallace. I know a lot of people don't care for Chris Wallace on the right after the last election. I like Chris Wallace. I think he's straight. He's straight with the news. And CNN is, is anything but. It's hard to find you a know, straight news I, reporter. I, I, I have this thing on my Instagram from a couple years ago. I call it the. I think we call it the CNN Challenge. Hmm. And what you do is you turn on you turn on uh, Fox News, and uh, uh, and then see what they're reporting, and then see. Turn on, and then switch to CNN and see if they're reporting on substantive world news. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the challenge is when you put on CNN, what, what, what you put on Fox News, what would I get? So I'm like, oh, there's protests in Iran. Uh, a week later, it's, it's a hurricane. A, a large storm is coming to the U.S. You know, pr- be prepared, get supplies. And I'm like, okay, let's see what's on CNN. And what was it? A panel talking about Trump mm-hmm. every single time. And Project Veritas did, had that expose where you had a guy who said, we don't, we don't report anymore. CNN used to go out and go on the ground. Now it's like we all just sit around because they're doing Trump panels all right. day. I should say, I should clarify that a lot of my criticism is for CNN's primetime U.S. news reporting. There are a lot of people on the digital side who do a lot of great reporting, especially, especially international reporting. And CNN International itself is almost like its own entity, mm. yeah. completely devoid of Zucker's oversight. But you turn on like anything between noon to 10 p.m. and it's just 
it, it's again, it's like watching professional wrestling, but with suits and ties. You might as well just be watching like a video of chickens clucking. <laughs> it's like it, you're going to be an in- insult to chickens. I know, right? At least they're doing good, honest work. That's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, they're feeding families. That, that's true. But I just mean to say that you're not going to get any information. No. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's wrong. Because if you watch chickens clucking, you'll you'll understand chicken clocks after a certain amount of time. You'll be like, wow, that the rooster did that call. That must mean danger. You turn on CNN, you get dumber. You get less informed. You get misinformed. And then they blame everyone else for their problems. Now you end up with people who live in this matrix dimension. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The problem, look, I don't mind a press that's opinionated. I've long time said the idea of an impartial press is kind of a BS idea. Really sort of popularized in like the early 19th century. Uh, the idea that, you know, you use minimal words and all that was oh, a lot of it's about saving ink and paper. Yeah. I don't mind if you have an opinion or a slant. Just be honest with me. And if you have a slant or an opinion, just be fair in your coverage. If look, if we had a press being as tough and as uncompromising on Joe Biden, things might have gone differently. I'm not saying he would have lost. No, we had Trump we had won. collusion between big tech and the media to to shut down news stories that made that made Hunter Biden and Joe Biden look bad. And not just that, but you also had the president would disappear for days on end in his basement, and people be like, "Oh well, he's probably having some ice cream." Now, what did Donald Trump say today? And we're like, "Well, hold on." As it turns out, apparently having a president whose entire campaign strategy was to hide in his basement wasn't great because then they were seeing it now in real time. That's why I say Trump was anti-elected. People when they when, when people hit that Biden button or, or box, they weren't saying Biden. They were saying no Trump. Right. That's spite all they were vote, vote is such a powerful thing. Look, mm-hmm. President, former President Barack Obama was a very exciting, very likable, very charismatic candidate in his own right. But also a spite vote in 2008 was a who was a direct answer to George W. Who yep. was so unpopular at the time, people weren't necessarily voting against John McCain. They were voting against George W. Bush, who they were very unhappy with, and it helped. That the Democratic candidate was extremely select and extremely easy to want to vote for. Oh, I mean, I wasn't covering politics at the time, but even I, just casually watching the news, knew Obama was going to win. Like, you watch that guy and be like, "Yeah, no, I, he's going to be the next president." Oh yeah, like, yeah. And then twenty twelve, no twenty twelve. Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney. Ugh. Mitt Romney is such a difficult person because he's such. I think he's a decent man, a good man, and a seasoned and successful executive. But he always carried himself like he was embarrassed to yeah. be a Republican. Like, he was always kind of apologizing. He still is. Why? Just only, I mean, this is, it's funny because he's, he's Donald more- Trump did to the nth degree what I was screaming during 2012, which was like, own it. You're rich. You're successful. Own it. And then Donald Trump was like, okay, okay, well, maybe because- dial- don't own it so hard. <laughs> because Mitt Romney cares more about the opinion of the New York Times than he does about the American people. There's so many Republicans like them, and I yep. never understand. They'll never like you. Why do you do this? They will never appreciate you. You're always going to be that that weird kid on the playground that amuses them, but you're never going to be in the clique. Yep. They will be like, "Hey, bite this, bite this worm in half. Eat gross. this pine oh, cone. It's so gross. No, no, get out of here. Get out of here, weirdo." Yeah. Anyways, you see this with uh, uh, cable news and and even newspapers. The 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 hallowed former GOP strategist who hasn't been a Republican or done anything conservative for the last thirty years, but they're trotted out to say something bad about Republicans because because you know. Blue on red, 
That's expected, but red on red violence. Ooh, it's dramatic. This is great. Bring out Nicole Wallace or John, uh, Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt. Oh, Adam Kinzinger, a Republican, said, come on, does anybody really, does, what they're doing with these, like, with Bill Kristol and these neocons who are now all of a sudden cheerleaders of the Democratic Party. Jennifer Rubin is one of the, one of the best, right? <clears throat> she, she, she starts cheerleading. She, She's the kind of conservative, quote unquote, who comes out and, is like, and says, like, I'm a principled conservative and Trump is bad and the Democrats cheer for it. And then when Trump, when, when it comes to like Stacey Abrams, she's cheering for Stacey Abrams. Then you get the Lincoln Project. They're like, we got to restore the party of Lincoln. So we're anti-Trump. Then Trump, you know, gets voted out and they go, well, Trumpism is still the Republican Party. So we're with the Democrats, I guess. Yeah. Now you have them going on being like, well, we're going to have to save Gavin Newsom in California. I'm like, what, what part of this is conservative? Steve Schmidt is marched out to this day on MSNBC regularly in the Chiron. It says former GOP strategist. And he comes out and he's like, the Republican Party is now the party of fascism, blah, blah, blah. Former GOP strategist. He hasn't done anything successful since Arnold Schwarzenegger was reelected in 2006. He's dining <laughs> out on that credit for almost as long as we've been in Afghanistan. And yet they just pump him out because this is this is what they want. These are the Republicans that who... Are Republicans? I, I, I would not put Mitt Romney in the same category with Steve Schmidt. But, you but know, there's, I, that, there's that weird strain of, like, embarrassed. Like, oh, I know, my rank and file are loud, and they wear red hats. And I'm so you know, sorry. People say rhino, Republican in name oh, only. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, people say, say that? that? Yeah, absolutely, all the time. Oh, but okay. you know who the real rhinos are? It's like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul. Because they're the odd people out. The entirety of the Republican Party is around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And oh. then you get a small handful of people who actually stand up. And if I got if, if I'm going to look at the majority of the Republican Party as you know it, on their best day a speed bump for Democrats, and then I look <laughs> at you know Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, 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 Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, who actually stand up for stuff, and Hawley, and if, and a few others, I'm like they're they're not the same as the Republicans. I mean, Arizona Democratic Senator uh, Kristen Sinema is more reliable for what I want. <laughs> and she's the Democrat. Oh, and Joe Manchin. I'm like, they're actually more aligned with me than a lot of these other supposed celebrity Republicans who get trotted out on cable news to go, Trump is bad. And then T- Tucker, goes, Tucker called Lindsey Graham a leftist. <laughs> oh, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I don't. I don't think I have as harsh a criticism. When you You're, were saying I Rand think, Paul was a rhino, I was like, I think he would not want to be called Republican. I think he still prefers Libertarian. But he's in the Republican Party, so it's, right. I mean, he's not. I'll t- I'll he's look, not look, his look. father. I'll just leave it at the that. The Republican yeah. Party is the the group of weirdos in high school who wish they were in with the popular kids, and the Democrats are like Obama is a celebrity. You know, he's a rock star. They got the media. They love it. Republican. The Republicans are suit wearing, stodgy, and unhip. And they're not with it. So you get all these Republicans who are desperate to make the New York Times happy because they want to be cool. But they'll never be and cool. No, nobody likes being hated, but I, it just kind of blows my mind that a lot of these Republicans forget you got like 50% of the country, if not more, behind you. You don't have to win over that other half that despises you. Not for long. You don't ha- well, well, we'll see about that. It, this, you know, I always come back to this, the idea that you know, it's always going to slip away and we just can't win and all that stuff. I like, I, and Maybe it's too simplistic, but if you can't sell and package liberty to voters, then maybe you're just a bad salesman. Maybe the problem's you. We need better. We. I'm a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I haven't been a registered Republican for a long time. Uh, conservatives need better spokespeople, spokesmen and women, if we no, want to be, be exact about it. And the idea that, no, it's just not going to work. We can't, we can't win. We can't sell liberty. Why can't we sell liberty? They can certainly sell big government. How can we not package something that's far more attractive? Let me pull up these polls, and we'll, we'll break this down. So we got this from Civics. Democratic Party favorable rating. 
53% unfavorable, 41% favorable for the Democratic Party. Republican Party, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, probably, probably worse. The Republican Party is 62% unfavorable mm. and 26% favorable. Right. And you know why that is? Let's go back to the Democrats real quick. Okay, how do Democratic voters feel about the Democratic Party? 86% favorable, 7% unfavorable. How do Republicans feel about the Democratic Party? 95% unfavorable. How about independent voters? Independent voters say 63% unfavorable, 26, 26% favorable. Okay, so the Democrats overwhelmingly like the Democratic Party. Republicans overwhelmingly dislike it, and independent voters lean towards not liking it. Let's take a look at Republican voters and how they feel about the Republican Party. The uh, (laughs) 65% favorable, a 20% drop from Democrats in their own party. Republican voters don't like their own party. It's a 30% drop, right? 95 to 65? No, no, no. It was uh, Democrats were 85% favorable. Look, I'll give Democrats this. uh, They, They stick together. They do. They have great, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline when it comes to sticking together. That's part of the reason why people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stick out because they don't march the party line, which is different. But the fact that Republicans don't like their own party, I think that might be contributed to the fact that the Republican Party has been feckless for years, yep. that it seems embarrassed of itself. But I also suspect a large part of it might have to do with the fact that conservative voters tend to be highly individualistic mm-hmm. and they're not beholden to a tribe or this, that sort of loyalty you might see from the team that believes in sort of like the collective, like the, right. bo- the Borg floating through space. Yeah. Not to say Democrats are the Borg. I have, they are. I love I Democrats. So. Well, Democrats are God the bless Borg. them. What's the, what's the old Reagan quote? It's not that they're wrong. It's just they know so much that isn't true. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I'm not surprised. I think even in during good, well, yeah, even during good years, I think you would still find high unfavorability with Republicans because I think part of being a conservative is not being a part of a tribe or beholden to it. So if you got some qualms with it, you're going to say it. And now I don't want to simplify it and be like, ah, the Republican Party is fine. Republicans are just like, no, the Republican Party's clearly got, I think Kevin McCarthy's way in and over his head. Way, the worst man for the moment right now. I think 97% of the Republican Party is just, it's like, it's the dead air. It's, it's radio silence. They don't do anything. Look, uh, a really great example. Ilhan Omar does what, you know, I've referred to as crop dusting anti-Semitism. What do, what, what do the Democrats do? They circle the wagons right. and they say, we're not going to condemn her. We'll condemn hate. Right. What do they do to Marjorie Taylor Greene? They stripped her of her committee assignment. Because she said stuff before she got elected. Yeah. The no. Republicans are sitting there as the losers and the, and, and the bully Democrats are like, you want to be with the cool kids? Well, then you got to go pick on that weirdo. And they go, yeah, whatever you say, Democrats. And then they start, look, are we cool yet? We're, we're, we're insulting our, our, our own, our own friends. Yeah, no, like you even get in the area of I, I, uh, I'm not even trying to litigate what she said, whether it was right or wrong. But the fact that Republicans didn't say, look, I don't agree with it. Don't you dare because we'll come for your anti-Semites. Well, and that's the thing, but, too. But like, what, well, that's the thing, too. With what Marjorie Greene Taylor said, you can make very clear argument that was offensive. But the stuff that comes out of Ilan Omar, Omar's mouth and uh, Rashida Tlaib is straight up anti-Semitic. I mean, straight up. The idea that American Jews are pro-Israel because of the money, like, oh, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Or and the, the Democrats, the, 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 the dual loyalties. The dual loyalties. You can't trust those Jews, you know? And then what do the Democrats do? They go, okay, we'll pass a resolution saying all lives matter. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's what? what they did. That's, and they got, I'm not making that up. That's what they did. And then the Democrats were like, that did the trick. Anyway, I'm back to work. You know, in the Republicans. And that's like, why Trump won. Because, because people finally saw a fighter who was going to be like, I'll fight for you. 
I oh look, I'll out myself on this. I did not vote for him in either election. I did not like Trump. He's not my he's not my ideal president. I I want John I want John Adams for president is what I want. Uh yeah, but he's been he's he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he died. Yeah, he I, died. Oh is God, no! Are you serious? <laughs> he died in like eighteen eighteen twelve. I don't I'm think afraid. Trump. I hate I hate to use the word. Really? I hate to use the word. I hate to use the word because it's so overused by the press and and oh, oh, was concerned trolling Republicans. But Trump does did not have the temperament for the most important job in the world, not the country. I did not like his opponents, so I certainly didn't vote for them either. But Did I you vote underst- for Joe Jorgensen? Uh, I voted for who I always vote for when I do a write-in. It's Mickey Mouse. Oh, um, I almost voted for my, wrote myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but my point that I'm trying to get at after you know, telling everyone my dirty secret is that actually my dirty secret – oh, God. My dirty secret in 2016 is I voted for Evan McMullen. <gasps> Who's that? <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, he had one job, That's which was don't, don't embarrass me, and he couldn't even manage that. Guy couldn't even manage a cup of coffee. The most embar- It was just a protest vote. I knew he wasn't going to win. I didn't particularly care for the guy. I was trying to register my protest that neither one of these candidates deserves my vote because I don't think either one of them deserves the office. Now, what I can say is the Trump presidency was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I think we, we being conservatives, benefited from the fact that he did surround himself with a lot of good people. He was actually great for pro-life issues. He was great on foreign policy. The fact that you get uh, Bahrain, the UAE, and Israel sitting together signing a treaty oh, normally—that's amazing. Moving the embassy, this is great. Presidents have just doing being, been doing lip service for years. He actually did it. I'm deeply impressed. Getting prisoners back from North Korea. I'm like, all right, credit where it's due. The thing though is that even having him. You know, I think I would prefer him right now to the thing that's already in office. Yeah. I can't lie. No, like, I didn't vote for the guy, but I think I would prefer that because what's happening now, I don't think would have happened under Trump's watch. No, I wouldn't have happened so. under Kamala Harris either. This Biden's gone, man. He, he's like got like two days. He can see like two days ahead. He slurs his words. He misspeaks words in his national addresses. He trails off. Mm. He's he, not a military guy he, ever. He never was. And now he's like a derang- or like a demented. It seems like he's like, you know, edging towards dementia, or if it's not, and he's in he's in military wait, command. Wait, 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 wait. Is is that is that the answer to our question? The why, which is that an incompetent man is in charge, and he's completely surrounded by yes men. Not a single person will yeah. challenge. Mark Milley wouldn't wouldn't take the risk because he doesn't want you his know, career to get trashed a month before he retires. It's as simple as that. One that's of, what's well, that's why what's happening is happening. So? One of the symptoms Probably. of dementia is outbursts of rage. Because people who are losing their mind get frustrated because they, they're desperately trying to hold on. And so, like, imagine you're having a conversation, and in your mind you're thinking, like, I would like to talk about, you know, my dog Fido. And, and then you're talking, and all of a sudden your mind goes blank, and you get angry now. You get, it, it, so, they, they, so you look at some of these things where Biden has snapped on reporters. Remember when he went to that guy, and he, was, he started yelling at him over and over hey, again? Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and he's done things like that a lot. It's because he gets asked a question, and, he, and he's like... It's like you mentioned, you know, back in 2012, how he, you know, he tore up uh, uh, Paul Ryan. And now imagine being that guy who's in, who's in, who's winning, winning these elections for decades. And now you're sitting here unable to speak at the podium. You're going to get, you're going to get frustrated and angry. I, I only think I would say maybe slight pushback on that is it goes back to my earlier statement about we have a track record. Biden, Biden has been snapping on reporters for decades. That's True. actually how he usually interacts with an uncomfortable or unfriendly question. He's always been. Uh, uh, an expletive that I won't say on the air. He has always <laughs> been mean. 
That's not new. A that, big so jerk. This goes back. He's a big meanie. This goes back <laughs> to what I was saying earlier. The idea that he was able to rebrand himself as this kindly old man and everyone went along with him. It was like, no, he, he was famously mean, mm. famously short with people, famously uh, uh, curt, rude. Didn't, uh, and then he just, re- it I, was, I, um, just like it, well, well, didn't, didn't, didn't Mitt Romney like strap a dog to his car or something like that? Yeah, they went for. Do we want to litigate this? One? <laughs> they went for a long car ride. The dog had diarrhea, so they put it in the dog carrier on top of the car. And uh, her name is Gail Collins of the New York Times. I want to say she wrote about thirty articles about it, thirty different columns talking about that dog on the Amazing. roof. Amazing. I mean, I mean, look, I've never owned a dog. I, I, where do you put a dog that has diarrhea for a car ride? In the carrier? Oh. Do you put it on the car or in the back? Put it in the car. Ooh. It's a dog. What do you do with a baby? A baby, baby doesn't have fur. That's true too. It, it was in a carrier. It was in the carrier, but apparently putting the carrier on top of the car is very bad. I guess. I guess. Would you not know. put a dog on? I don't the know. Car? I just oh, thought no. of that. I thought I it was. Know, yeah. I thought it was a funny story. Oh no! Was, uh, we can litigate all of this stuff. Well, so where do we? Where, <laughs> so right now we've got uh, uh, we got this story from the Hill. Holly Blackburn call for Biden to resign. There's been other insinuations that he should be impeached if he's not if, if he doesn't resign. But then what do we do? Do we do President Kamala Harris? Yeah, yeah, please. Anything is better than this yeah. guy right now. It's military. We, he left thousands of people behind. That's right. And he, they were, and, they, and they said they didn't want a Black Hawk Down moment. They didn't want to send in. This is know. like the Iranian hostage thing, which was the biggest. Was a fifty-two people, fifty-two, and already thirteen people have been killed times times a hundred. Like people Times didn't die. That, no one died in that that scandal, that hostage scandal that I know of. They were rescued. Right. These people died already. Right. I sound well, like Jimmy Dore. I'm invoking Jimmy. I love you. These are these are U.S. troops who were there, knowing the risks. Or they were they were offic- just, affiliated look, with the troops. They weren't all troops, right? They were military. No, there are 13 dead U.S. service members. Service on, on top. No, there are Marines and a Navy medic corpsman, mm-hmm. and then there are also civilian casualties. Although I don't think we have the numbers on the civilian casualties yet. So a bunch of a bunch yeah. of Afghani or Afghan. by the way, is the currency. Yeah. I know people keep saying that when they try to say the plural. Right. Afghan. Plenty of civilian Afghans, I believe, died in the attack. Imagine uh, serving on a ship with a, with a captain who's you know. Let's just call him, let's, let's let's call them sporadic, and you're like I'm here to do my duty, and then the people who are on shore are like, hey, we're going to put this crazy old man up in there. Uh, I, I can't I can't imagine what it must feel like for a lot of these guys who are like, I'm going to do my best, but they know deep down they're yeah, in trouble. Because if Biden's can control your ship, he fires at the enemy ship and he misses, and he does thinks about how to do it again. He's got people, and then your ship gets hit with a with a artillery round. And then all of a sudden, everyone realizes they're going to die. And that's what people don't understand can happen in reality. If you're lazy with military. They didn't think about any of this when, look, Joe Biden campaigned to be president. He said, I want that job. He knew Trump negotiated this deal to withdraw. Biden said, I want to be in charge of the world's most powerful military. And a bunch of people said, I would like that man to have control of the world's most powerful military and to oversee our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the Middle East. And this is what they voted for. He's been running for president since the late 1980s. Yeah. He's been wanting this. By the way, I mean, him being president the way he is, is like, you ever see that old Twilight Zone episode where the guy's finally alone to read all the books he wants, but he breaks his glasses? (laughs) You spend your entire life. Most of your entire life. You spent a lot of your life it's trying to be fair. president, and you finally get it, and it turns out you are too incompetent to even execute the basic duties of your office. It was time now. It was my time. It's not <laughs> fair. It's not fair. What a, oh my, Come on, my, man. You know, I'm a president. Here, here's the deal. But, so like to your point, if it's just sheer incompetence, maybe Kamala could could take up. But the, the I thing, was thinking though, is, that, man, This is status quo stuff. Be. 
He's not going to get impeached. He's not going to resign unless he, he's not fit for command. Though you've got to relieve him of command. I think you'll have to. Twenty fifth amendment. You'll have to drag him from the Oval Office with his teeth marks. Yeah, still yeah. On he it. doesn't want to leave. Twenty fifth amendment. Kamala Harris. What if she comes out because twenty fifth amendment requires the vice president to come out and say the president is not competent, and then Pelosi set up that panel. They were expecting this. I don't know. Look, I, you were saying earlier that you know behind the curtain, Kamala is like, oh, "It's my time." <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen her recently in some of her public appearances? She's got a. She's I don't want to be here yeah, right she now. She's shaken. I mean, not just oh, shaken, man. but like she sees what's happening, and you think she wants to be in charge of this, the cleanup after this? Would you want it? I wouldn't want it. I would do it, but I, I mean, don't I would want do it. it. I, I, I would take it if it was there, and I, it had to happen. So that's, that's, what what I'm saying. Saying. that's what I'm saying. Is she going to you know work behind the scenes to take this? And I want to clean this up. Who here's 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 the difference. You, Ian, you and Kamala both don't want it. You don't want it because you don't want to be in, uh, in charge. You don't want to control, have the power, but you're willing to accept responsibility to do the right thing to fix the mess. Kamala doesn't want it because she doesn't want to deal with the mess. She just wants the power. You see how that works? She wants the title. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris doesn't want to deal with the crisis. She just wants the power. Well, then she's not fit for command either. Exactly. exactly. But we keep saying not fit for command. It extends beyond Biden. Maybe Biden is an F-up who doesn't understand foreign policy, as he's shown for the last several decades. But the generals, this is literally their job, is knowing this stuff. Who signed off on all this? Who okayed it? Who didn't push back? Millie Millie didn't push back. But Millie can't be the only one. Who else? So many. How many? Does it need to be a a cleaning of house? They were were too busy dealing with white rage, you know? I want to understand. You want to hear about white rage? I got some white rage right now (laughs) over this. Yeah. Write General Millie about this. It's, I don't know where it goes from here. I don't know I who, don't, doesn't who, end well. who's responsible for this. Who makes the call of where the money goes? Ron, Ron Paul's the Federal Reserve. Oh, oh, Ron. <laughs> he's such a, such a funny character. He's one, you know, he's one of those guys that before, you know, when I first started covering politics, it was like, this seems like a goofy little man. And then repeatedly it was like, oh, he was right about that. <laughs> and be like, and be like, well, I didn't, yep. I didn't doubt him. I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> I mean, it was the one, the one big one. I'm sorry, I know this is a total tangent. Was out of the Fed, and I was like, "This is silly." And then the Fed's like, "You absolutely will not out at us." I'm like, well, "Okay, well, well, well why oh not?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm. You seen Casino? Remember when Sharon Stone asks her husband Robert De Niro for money because she wants to go see her uh, pimp boyfriend, and she doesn't want to tell her husband that, but she asks for like fifteen thousand dollars, and he's like, "What for?" And then she makes a big stink. She's like, "I shouldn't have to tell you what." And he's like, and then the line. And I'm always reminded with this stuff. He's like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't interested, but now I am. Yeah. That's how I feel with a lot of the stuff that Ron Paul has <laughs> talked about. I'm like, I didn't really have a strong opinion on this, but the fact that you guys are so reluctant to do this now, now I'm very I, I got to be honest, you know, I'd take a President Ian right now. Same. I'd take a President Tim. Oh, I oh for sure, yeah. Though. I don't want to be president, but <laughs> I want to be well, vice I, president. I need military strategy at just, the top of the game right now. I just now. want to be vice president. I just travel the world, shake hands, try new food. It'd be great. We'd be, oh, we'd be better off with like, you know, uh, Rick Smith from Dubuque, Iowa, who's like a local plumber no, as president. It's the old Buckley saying is like, you'd be better off being ruled by three random names from the phone book than most of these eggheads. And that's re- yeah. I, people can you think you can do this better? I'm like, yes, me and three completely random people could probably do what's happening in Afghanistan better. I know enough that you'd get the civilians out first. Like, this isn't hard. Not only that, but uh, some of the, the low-ranking guys in Afghanistan could have done a way better job. And I imagine that's got to be really frustrating yeah. to be deployed on the ground knowing and sitting there being like, why are they doing this? They're understaffed and they're under-resourced over there. They are working with what they have, which is not great. And the other thing, too, I don't think a lot of people have been talking about this sort of psychological angle to this. The guys who are there now know that they're working on the final chapter to a big foreign policy failure. Yeah. They know everything they're doing. 
has been a buildup to failure. And they've been tasked now with trying to get the last Americans out while surrounded by the Taliban. Can you imagine what that job is even like? And then losing at least 13 of your colleagues wow. all on the same day. I mean, this is – none of this had to happen. You know, I, I – This was all uh, – this was all done by a president and a White House that doesn't know what it's doing or, as some people have suggested, is actually just malicious. I've had those jobs, man, where you're like, my boss is dumb hmm. and they don't know how this stuff works. There's a lot of jobs you'll get where the manager is hired externally and so they've never actually worked, say, the uh, the soda machine or the cash register. And they're sitting there trying to tell you how it works and you're like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about, right? It's frustrating. I could not imagine what it must be like to be deployed in Afghanistan and knowing what's going on in the country, knowing how the people react, knowing what the Taliban is, and then getting these orders where you're like, you want me to do what? Because right. this is your life on the line. This ain't a cheeseburger or a cash register. The- I can't imagine what the U.S. Marines feel like seeing Afghans, possible Afghan allies, U.K. nationals, people with their papers, and they can't take them or go out and defend them because they've been ordered to stay put. The 82nd Airborne has been ordered not to go outside of Kabul to save Americans and other people. While the British paratroopers are going in and, and the French uh, yeah. special forces have been going in and doing these sort of daring night raids all over. And the Americans just have to sit there. I can't imagine how demoralizing, how uh, much of a shock that must be. This, like, As an American, like, look, as civilians, uh, we know the idea that Americans being left behind is, is such a – this is – I never thought that this could happen. I can't imagine what this is like for a guy who's dedicated his life to being in the armed services. Uh, what it would be like to – you can't go out and get those Americans. I can't do that. And we might leave some behind. That that's got to. You know, they, you, they talk a lot during the Trump year. Sorry, not to interrupt. They talked a lot during the Trump years about unprecedented stuff. The idea that we are on course to abandon Americans in a foreign country to a terrorist death cult. Nothing like that has happened in this country before. You know what really tears at me? I mean, obviously the U.S. troops and the loss of life is the biggest thing. But I'm just thinking, like, if they didn't abandon the Afghan security forces the way they did. Afghanistan could have been successful. It could have been. They could, and in fact, you know, uh, I, we've talked with other uh, vets on the show where they said something like, you draw down, you know, the overwhelming majority, 90 plus percent of American forces, leave a few c- commanders or, or, you know, strategy logistics with some air support, some drones, and it's it's done. We, we get out, that minimal support can help keep things secure. And then I look at what happened with, with evacuating the Air Force bases in the middle of the night not informing the Afghan uh, security forces. And I'm, I, I wonder if if Biden did this properly, would there be a secure Afghanistan right now for their people? I mean, maybe. A big problem that the U.S. military has also reported is that the Afghan uh, government is extremely corrupt and susceptible to bribes and, and looking at their way. Another problem that I know a lot of military have reported is that the Afghans that they've tried to train, the training has been very difficult because yes. there's a lot of yep. la- lack of discipline. Um, I've seen the videos, man. Can't yeah, do jumping seen, jacks. Stuff oh, I'm like sorry. that. What's it called? Side saddle. Uh, people, jumping jacks, are people straight up abandoning. Yep. Just walking away. Smoking they hash. They don't want to, hashish. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to do it anymore. So I don't know if Afghan, uh, sorry, if Afghanistan would still be standing with just a few things different. I mean, it's not like for, it's not like there was a lack of spending or a lack of arms or a lack of training. So maybe it would stand, maybe it would fall. But when they keep, the White House keeps saying we plan for all contingencies. Apparently, Afghanistan falling to the Taliban was not one of those contingencies. And how you overlooked that, despite everything you were being told by your guys on the ground about how difficult it is to train them and how uh, corrupt the government is. Well-known corrupt. Everyone knew that. Mm. We all know that. 
We don't work in government. We don't work in the United States military. We know it's corrupt. It's, it's interesting. I always wondered, like, what, what? why is bribery so less common here, you know? I don't think it is. No, no, no. It, it is. It's, it, you it, think bribery is common, but it's much less common. Like, I, I hear these stories. Oh, look, when you get pulled over, would you say to the officer how much to oh, I see what you make mean. the ticket go away? Of course not. Um, Never going to happen. Not in the U.S. Fair. But in Russia... In Russia, yeah, South America, too, in uh, I was, Peru. I was going to say in Costa Rica. I, I was in Costa Rica once, and I was warned the cops will try to shake you down for a, uh, for a bribe. So, okay, yeah, to that point, that's what you mean. It's it's substantially more common in so many other countries, and I wonder why that is. Uh, maybe we have more watchdogs, more robust I, press, we, scruples, like rule of law, fear, like I can't do that. That's just wrong, or I could get in trouble. You know, we 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 know the cops going to arrest you for it. There's, you're, you're, Most likely, yeah. Yeah, but in these other countries, the cops expect it. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe just a lack of, of robust law system, lack of uh, respect for law. I'm not trying to get all, you know, blue lives matter or whatever, but, like, this is a very sort of strong culture in America. Of, you know, you, you pull over, you respect, dot, 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 you have that interaction. I have never once been tempted to, to slide a cop a, a $50 bill or anything. Yeah, it's weird. I think that would end very poorly for me. Yeah, yeah, that would probably uh, just be like a felony. I would imagine it's yeah. a felony, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't bribe a cop. I, I believe. Rule of law, man, that's a big, big part of the foundation of this, this whole project of the United States. It's, it's sad when people do things that, especially people in power do things that are illegal and, and don't get reprimanded for it. Like the president's son? Yeah, and like Hillary Clinton with the emails, like that was viciously illegal what she did. Yeah, she skirted all FOIA laws. I'm not all into like punishing everyone for every crime all the time. Like I definitely like leniency and like these people on January 6th should be released. That should all be pardoned. That's, st- we need unity right now. Um, but I mean, at some point you gotta respect is, law and order. You, you know why you get January 6th? Because of Hillary Clinton getting away yeah, with, yeah. with the servers. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the two are generally, generally connected but i will say one thing that's really demoralizing and it easy to give into anger is the expectation that people like hunter and hillary will never see justice they break laws that anyone else would go away for. well this is what i mean when people feel demoralized like there's nothing they can do to actually get justice we're we're living under anarcho tyranny they just they what what do you what do you what do you do when you back an animal into a corner it's going to fight you get a rabbit rabbits like to run right but you put it into a, a, a you know one dimensional uh a burrow, for instance, they have no, they have nowhere to go. They fight, and so that's why yeah, when I, people I, get desperate, they do desperate things. Going back to our earlier conversation about desperation, that's why I, 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 I agree with you on the pardoning of of these people outright. Because as much as people might not want to do it, it, you need to be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna call a timeout on this one. We're gonna say, guys, please don't do this. We're gonna let these guys go. John Hancock did that after Shay's Rebellion. We've talked a little bit about it. Right after the Articles of Confederation were signed, big, you know, I don't know if you know much about the Farmers' Rebellion that caused them. Basically, they had to centralize command of taxes because the states were taxing the farmers. The farmers didn't have the money to pay, so they revolted. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hancock pardoned those guys. I think two people ended up getting put to death for the rebellion, but he pardoned, like, everybody that was involved. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, because I don't. of that, we have a country today. If he'd persecuted those people, we probably wouldn't have. I don't know. I haven't actually thought about it. I, I have been troubled by the fact that some people are still being kind of held indefinitely. Huh. It's terrifying. That is so I mean, pointless I think, and terrifying. I think right maybe now. the word "trouble" is a little too much of a underreaction. Mm. Uh, the fact that people are still being held is not right. I mean, charge them, charge them, send them a court date at least. I mean, this this indefinite detention thing. I don't think that's the right response. I don't know about pardoning though. I haven't quite thought about that. I mean, a lot of vandalism, at least at the very least, is a crime. 
Right. You could say if you pardon them that they might do it again. That argument could be like, hey, we're not going to. But I mean, if you do it a second time, you're going away, buddy. Don't don't trespass on on federal property. Learn your lesson. But they weren't there to hurt people. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the security forces there that day would would beg to differ. I guess that's a good point. It's contention. Some people think they were there to hurt people. Some people don't. I I, mean, I see it as that they were there to out of, protesting out of rage. But I didn't see any like overt. I mean, there was, but there was like the sticks and the beatings and all that stuff. You you can see the footage of that. There is a lot to say. It was a mindless crowd of a lot of different wants. Eighteen men were convicted and sentenced to death in Shays' Rebellion. Eighteen. Eighteen. Out of four thousand. And he pardoned the rest. Uh, Most were granted amnesty for signing. They would say signed confessions acknowledging participation. Uh, Several hundred were indicted on charges, but most most were pardoned, and eighteen were convicted and sentenced to death. I, I. I gotta read more about this this whole process because I know John Hancock actually stepped down before while that before that rebellion he was like I'm not getting involved and then <laughs> and, the rebellion happened and, then he and the interesting thing is it's not Shays like apostrophe s it's Shays his name his name is S H A Y S it was the Shays rebellion not Shays rebellion interesting you know what I mean? yeah. yeah he was uh yeah he fought in the Revolutionary War and then because of they came back from the war. They didn't pay the troops in the Revolutionary War, so all these farmers came back from the war with no money. And then they found out that they owed all this money what? in taxes because their farm had been accruing all this debt while they were gone. They didn't have the money to pay for it. So they made them debtor slaves. They'd put them in prison. And the, the farmers had enough. They would go to the courthouses. And, and this, and that famous letter from Thomas Jefferson about the Tree of Liberty comes from Shays' Rebellion. Oh, wow. no, but at the very least for the, the capital rioters, I'm, I'm still stuck on the, the sort of preferred term insurrectionist because I'm not sure if that's explicitly um, accurate. But at the very least, assaulting a police officer is a crime. And yeah. a lot of officers were assaulted that day. I, I know the one was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. There, I'm still kind of amazed at the amount of um, false information that came out. Which, I mean, I guess I'm not amazed because when you have chaotic events, you get a lot of conflicting reports. Uh, Officer Sicknick, I, according to the D.C. Medical Examiner, did not succumb to any injuries, internal or external, suffered that day. But there is ample footage of people uh, beating police officers, shoving them, the guy getting crushed in the door. Maybe you could pardon all the trespassing charges and then just, if people were violent, bust them for that. If they broke windows, bust them for that. You can see there there was lots of damage done to the Capitol building. The one thing, I mean, it's, it's a... It's a tricky issue for me to discuss because of a lot of the legal ramifications and legal legalese that's involved in it. Uh, but one thing that has always struck me, I was watching it. I used to, when I was living in D.C., um, when it happened, I wasn't at the Capitol. I was a couple blocks away where I lived. I lived in um, Capitol East. Um, or, sorry, Hill East, whatever it's called. Uh, one thing that struck me, though, is I thought for sure watching that whole unfold, the crowds, the, the nervousness, the screaming, the breaking through doors, the shattering windows, I was convinced that I was about to see live-streamed uh, Kent State 2.0. Oh, wow. Oh. I am amazed. Now, Ashley Babbitt is dead. Um, rest in peace. Um, again, I'm not making any legal judgments on her participation or anything. I don't like it when people get killed. I don't like death. Um I'm amazed that the one death that's directly attributable, um, d- directly connected to the violence that day, there's a there's one death. I'm amazed. Whoever trained those police officers uh, in you know violent response, I think should get an award because I thought for sure there was going to be guns were going to be drawn. People were you know because they were getting the cops the, were letting them in. What do you mean? Well, some cops were not all of them though, but especially so when the, you had like that one part uh, where the speaker's chamber that goes in where Babbitt jumped in. I mean, they clearly were not letting him into that. That's where they were they were, they were pushing against each other. 
Right. And then you had the other doors where the cops actually opened them up. Well, no, 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 not the speaker's chamber. You had two guards, uh, two cops guarding it, and then they were. No, I mean the building. Outside the building. Some doors were open, not all of them. Some of them were forcibly open. You can see the inside. What I'm saying is there was this push into like one of the center doors. And then you get like the SWAT, uh, the cops with special, they're, they're shoving, people are getting smashed inside the, you know, rotunda or whatever. And then you had doors off to the side. There's video of it. Right. Just open them right up. Some of them, yeah. And, they, and the like, cops they, were they like, open up, they open up disagree the with it, but you agree with your right to protest. Yeah, no, I saw that. Some cops are taking selfies with them. Well, no, that's weird because I remember in the aftermath of that, there was a lot of talk about how the cops were in on it. And I think that was ignoring that as a, as a riot mitigation efforts or riot mitigation tactics. This is something you can do. We can kind of ferry people, get it out of your system, get out of the building. As opposed to, you know, you're not going to, you know, Lord of the Rings stand there with your shield and try to do a battle to the death, especially when you're grossly outnumbered. Now, I, yeah, we, I don't know if we need to litigate all of this, but I, I just keep thinking about the day and the sort of chaos and confusion. And I'm still amazed that there were not more like itchy trigger fingers. I think that's a huge blessing and I'm amazed. Again, I'm not trying to mitigate Babbitt's death or anything or make any legal judge, judgment on that. Uh, but I'm surprised that there was you were, one death. You were there. I wasn't there. I was oh, not okay. in the building. I lived near. You there. were close by though. Close you, by the helicopters. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just amazed that it wasn't more violent. Now I know whoever sees this will probably, oh, there you say the instruction wasn't violent. I'm not saying that. Well, we now yeah, know. I'm it wasn't surprised an, it, it didn't it, spiral it, it, more out of we, control is we, what I'm saying. It is now definitive. It was not an insurrection as much as we always, yeah. we, we always saying we were always saying it wasn't. The FD, FBI came out and said that there's no evidence of coordination, not from the president or anybody else. And of the groups that actually plan on breaking in, they had no actual plan. But does that and see this is why i was saying earlier it's difficult to discuss because does that i don't know if that negates the legal term for uh, um insurrection just because no one's no, been charged with insurrection just because there's there was no, no insurrection. Co- just because there's no coordination doesn't mean it's not an insurrection i mean storming capitol building during uh congress's business to certify the election doesn't that not technically count as insurrection ask the prosecutors why they're not charging anybody with insurrection then because there's none no I mean, didn't happen I guess, but I was just saying, I don't know the fact that there was no coordination. I don't think then means that it wasn't insurrection. I actually think if there's no coordination, there's no insurrection. Yeah. So, like, if you, how are you going to, the insurrection is, the, the idea is like a, a direct, it's intent, it's a goal, it's, it's, you're doing a thing for a reason. It was a riot. Yeah. A lot of people who've been interviewed since then who participated, almost to a man, they're like, I have no idea why I did it. I just got caught up. You know, you, I don't know if any of you have been involved in sort of a, um, Spur of the moment mass movement uh, activity with a group. Yeah, it, it, uh, I've covered a bunch of riots. Oh, I know right. to I was avoid. At, I was at Mardi Gras. Occupy Wall Street. That's the good one. Mardi Gras. In, uh, oh, St. Louis, Brazil, right. Turkey. Yeah, but crazy. like, but uh, no, no. I was saying like uh, uh, the Zuccotti Park stuff. Like a lot of that is just you get this mentality. Like let's let's do it, be legends. You don't really think about it. And you see, we've seen this post insurrection. A lot of people have been like, I have no idea why I did it. I just we know some mob people, mentality. Mob mentality. It's a strange, real thing. So why people cheer at sports events? No. Why, why are you screaming? <laughs> Who no, I mean, if you're you're you can't disturb the the opponent's team if you yell really loud. If you if shot. someone scores a your, your team scores a point, you're gonna be like. Also yeah, on yeah, a, on a microcosm, I was sitting at my friend's baseball game and, and my friend hit the ball and I went yeah really loud and the first baseman got stunned when I screamed <laughs> and the ball went by. Yeah, yeah. good. I was like, ah, I'm the fourth man. So no, you can you can with the the riot, you can break it down to was it insurrection or was it just people got caught up and things got out of control? I think more of the latter is what it seems to me. The thing that I keep coming back to is I'm just surprised it didn't spiral more. 
with a lack of communication. Half the cops people apparently not. People walked out and just like walked I know. Home. Some people walked out and some people were hospitalized. It's like there was no communication. Half the cops didn't know what was happening. A lot of, about 140 police officers suffered various injuries. And yet, like, there wasn't shootings. There weren't people, you know, don't you move. I'm surprised. That's all I'm saying. I'm just surprised. I really thought stuff was going to go sideways super fast, super hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm extremely when I heard grateful there was, it didn't. When I heard there was tear gas in the rotunda, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Wow. It's but, getting hot. Like you Facebook, saw that, Facebook banned me for that it. That one video of uh, the one Capitol, um, Capitol police officer who, like, redirected the protesters away from the main I don't. Chamber. I don't actually believe that. Perhaps. My point, though, in that video, he has his hand on his gun the whole right. time. Like, again, I'm just saying the, everything there seemed to me to be about one degree from going really bad really fast. And it did go really bad for one person. I'm they, just surprised they, it wasn't more. They, there, there was, they, they pushed this narrative that he guided the group away or whatever. And I'm like, I don't believe that was his intent. I, I think know. he was just backing away from an angry mob. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that was his intent. It's what he did, though. So even if you fall, if you accident into something successful, no, he he didn't though. It, it's it's he went up the stairs and, and and went a specific direction. In fact, you could argue he actually led them to Pelosi's office. No, I mean, then they broke in and then they stole her laptop. Why don't, I mean, why don't we say that? Because I'm sorry, what? Why don't we say that cop actually led them? Oh, I mean, he he led them. Look, the cops opened the doors. We know that. And then this one cop, all of a sudden, is is guiding the protesters. Next thing we know, they're in Pelosi's office stealing her laptop. Mm. I, yeah, I think the no. It, the point is, the cop was backing away from an angry mob. He didn't want to confront them, and he chose a direction to back away. Wait, the cops should also be pardoned for be, any involvement in this. The people didn't hurt people, like you said. There wasn't violence. There was very, very, very little violence. The Ashley Babbitt thing is terrifying, but she was like forcing her way. It looked like into the inner chamber, and you know they were defending the Capitol. Um, None of these – those people, basically the, the cops and the people kept it pretty civil. So I, I think we should move on from this. My fear is that the Patriot Act you know, terror uh, investigators want to use this as an example to like use their oh, state the tools list. of spying on the American people. They're putting, they put the list together. Like, don't They're going after good... the communications of Trump supporters. Right. But it's that doesn't make – that's not the liberty angle right now. The liberty angle is to pardon this mess and move on. We have the Afghan – we have – People like on their last legs in Afghanistan right now, and we need a country, a unified. Imagine this: imagine if Joe Biden came out and announced a formal pardon for all of those involved in January six, and then all of the Democrats would come out supporting him, being like, you know, we agree this is the right thing to do. How how would that? How would? But how would that manifest in the culture? Yeah, people would start shivering because they have so much energy and they don't have anywhere to direct it. They'd have to start meditating. You know, but I mean, think about it: like, loving each other. If he did that. Democrats would immediately support the move, saying this is this is leadership unifying this country, and then Trump supporters would be like, "That's a good thing that he's doing." Yeah, it could I be nonpartisan. I don't know I if I don't know if Democrats would get behind it. They are committed committed to this to this investigation of this committee. No, but they, it would be a hard get, it would be a hard to. sell. I mean, you would have to sell them on it first. Obviously, he wouldn't blindside them. No, I think if, if Biden blindsided them, they would immediately fall in line. He better do something if he wants to save face right now. He's got to do some epic diplomacy. No, it's interesting, though, watching some – again, I, I think a lot of the international reporting on Afghanistan has been pretty sharp uh, and very sort of, like, uncompromising. But it's been um, predictably disgusting watching how a lot of commentators and, you know, cable news talking heads um, – I mentioned this because of January 6th specifically. You have people like Joy Reid uh, who have been trying to redirect attention from Afghanistan to the ca- January 6th. I mean, like, we should talk about the terrorists at home. Yeah, our Taliban. It's like, well, first of all, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Secondly, you seem a little too excited about this. It almost feels like you're using this like a political chip just a little bit. It seems like you really enjoy this. 
and don't want to talk about that clear cluster f over in afghanistan yep so i don't i would say don't let them distract you can do both things at the same time for me right now my obvious interests lie in afghanistan that to me seems to be the more um pressing and horrifying and real no real and clear and present danger the reality is that afghanistan is a distraction for the fact that they should put out a list of Trump supporters and they're going after private communications and the fascism is coming to the United States. Yeah, it seems I'm like half kidding, by the way. That was like trying to pull focus away from Afghanistan, too. Like, they're like, oh. Or the, the other way around. Yeah, there's I'm, such I'm just bad saying, you know, press, this Afghanistan thing. The reality all these, all these other things that are popping up right now. It's it's it's, it's not really. It's, it's just this. It's just the Biden administration and the Democratic Party are just in a weird state of chaos. And that's it. I think the only thing keeping them together is that they have really good discipline when it comes to unity. They're just sticking together. Yeah. I mean, to the point about that list, like that to me suggests more than anything that uh, there's a large political angle. It's not about restoring our norms or protecting our core democracy or whatever those no, they cliches, want, cliches they, are using. It's a dragnet. They're just, they're, they're splunking to see what they can catch. And that's why they're. Uh, no, no, I think, I think they want to understand uh, Trump's strategy. That's why Scott Pressler's on the list because he registers Republicans to vote. Why? That, that's what he does, and he cleans up garbage. So they want to understand the strategy Republicans have for registering new voters. They they, they go after Trump's uh, uh, spo- uh, was it pre- uh, uh, spokesperson for the campaign. They're just trying to get communications so they can see how he was running his campaign. They want to get sources. It's, it's a big fishing expedition. Not because I think they want to arrest people, necessarily. They, they, they might get to that point. But they want free uh, free consulting. Like, I mean, look, the stuff that they're going to dig up from these activists costs money for campaigns. And now they're just taking it all. But why would they go through this trouble when they already have stuff like Facebook in their pocket helping them with all their get out the room? They don't understand how, how Trump rallies people and they want to understand his private metrics. They want all of his data going back from April until after the election on the election, meaning they want Trump, all communications between all these different government agencies and all the people who worked on the Trump campaign. They want to know Every detail of his campaign. I know it's it's not the point, but I, I did laugh when I saw the list of people because it said all Trump children except for Tiffany. I was like, except that? It's, <laughs> I was like, it's like, what is poor, poor Tiffany? What What is going on there? She's always left out. Doesn't make the list. She didn't make the list. They're going after all of them but Tiffany. So That's I mean, a scary thing, though, man, that list. To me, it seems just like kind of a desperate fishing expedition. They're looking for something damning. So they're just, but to your point about Pressler, like, what does he have to do with any of this? Oh, but I mean, a bunch of people weren't even there at, in, in, on January 6th. And what does their data going back from April have to do with the insurrection, with, with the quote unquote insurrection? Nothing. They're, they're just grabbing a list of prominent and, and influential Trump supporters. And they're trying to intimidate. They're trying to get access to private information. They are going after their political rivals with the weight of government. This spells the end of whatever whatever you want to call it. I mean, there will be an America in some fashion, but not as we've known it. I mean, it can be. It can be. We can take it back. It'll be I spelled have, with like... I have boundless faith in this country, just not its leaders. Yeah. I don't know, though. You know, when we get to this point, I think when we, we see 37.2% of the country want to uh, secede, from their, have their regional union secede from the greater country. And then you see that the Democrats are willing to pull out producing a list to actually spy on, on American communications and rival campaigns. I'm like, man, we certainly crossed that Rubicon some time ago. You know, it's always surprised me, not surprised me, I, I found it so amusing um, during the Trump years, all the, the mountain of news stories and commentary about how he, he's, him and the Russians stole the election with Facebook memes. You know, oh, <laughs> Facebook was weaponized against us. And I was like, do you all forget 
the glowing thousand plus word profiles you wrote after 2008 and 2012 about the Obama campaign's amazing Facebook uh, uh, strategy, how they worked directly with Facebook to figure out where to find, I don't want to say uh, not vulnerable, uh, gettable voters, and how, oh, the Obama people, they got this, they nailed it, but now using Facebook, oh my God. You had you had memes about Jesus yeah. arm wrestling Satan. That's how he won. <laughs> that proves it. I mean, I still when they talk about how Russia hacked our election, and you keep drilling down, you keep asking, how did they steal the election? Well, they put out disinformation. Like that, first of all, that's not new. Secondly, what disinformation? I was actually at the museum. Uh, I'm sorry, no, the spy museum in Washington D.C. And they had an exhibit on like foreign propaganda and stuff, and they had actually. The Facebook meme of Christ and Satan wrestling. It says, like, if you want Trump to win, dislike, or whatever, if you want Hillary to lose. And I was like, you think this propaganda swayed in it? Find me the American who was on the fence about Hillary until they saw Christ arm wrestling Satan. And they're like, well, that's convinced me. That that convinced me. I'm like, first of all, that person should not be allowed to vote. That's the first thing. That person's a crazy person. <laughs> Secondly, that didn't do it. And then you drill down a little further and they go, well, they hacked Tony Podesta's emails and some other various Democratic uh, officials. I mean, you think that swayed the election? I would argue the FBI and the, and the oh, 11th yeah. hour Comey thing hurt her more. Definitely. Which I think they believe, which is part of the reason they right. hate Comey. Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Go to TimCast.com. Subscribe. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up at TimCast.com. And uh, share the show if you like it. Leave us a good review on uh, podcast platforms. And uh, I'll just mention something, too. Spotify took down one of my other, my, my Tim Pool, the Tim Pool Daily Show. They took down an episode, and I have no idea why. Which episode? Uh, it was, I can't remember. <clears throat> it was from uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. Mm. Just got an email saying, you have violated the terms and conditions. Your episode has been removed. And I'm like, for what? From what, like, the TimCast channel? Yeah. Politics. It's all, all politics. Yeah, right? I have no idea what I could have said or anything. Weird. I have no idea. That's that's like if we're going to write a new constitution for the 21st century, part of it has to be that if someone's going to remove your content, they need to ex- give you an explicit reason why. Yeah, and, and, and there should be some kind of process for it. And a copy of the but content let's, uh, as well. Let's, let's, let's read some of these Super Chats. We got Make 1984 Fiction Again saying, Joe Biden is responsible for those deaths, so he can only seek retaliation on himself. Wow. Yeah, that's how you were saying how he's how he freaks out on reporters. That's like what he's doing about the Taliban. We were going to we're going to go after with everything we can if they mess if they hurt right. us. It's like, dude, you put us in this position. Right. And the different talking points, which is, well, this is why we're leaving. Also, I need to put in more troops to go get them or we, we might put in more troops to go get them. I'm like, well, which one are we doing? And I'm sorry, just to one of the things that I found particularly disgusting about all this is that his first major press conference on the disaster over there. He actually blamed the Afghans. For the Taliban takeover. He basically said those guys are too chicken, whatever word. A bunch of cowards. They're weak. I'm not going to sacrifice American sons and daughters to fight a civil war. The Afghans won't fight for themselves. I'm like, right. they have been 60,000 you know, 60, Afghan police and national security uh, members of the army have died since 2001 fighting the Taliban in their own backyard with every personal risk to their life and liberty in their own backyard. They have nowhere to run if it fails. And he blamed them for all of and, this. And I'll say this, too. I, I initially praised him for pointing out when we learned that the Afghan security forces just basically abandoned ship. I was like, you know what? He's right about that. Why are we going to fight if they won't? And then we learned about the stripping of logistics, air support, Bagram. And I was like, okay, well. He stripped air support. He, 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 he basically whacked him in the leg with a crowbar and then said, look, they won't even fight. All right, let's read a little bit That's more. my president. Yeah. We got... Gerald Armstrong says Biden committed treason by sending the Taliban a list of American citizens in Afghanistan. I, uh, uh, 
I, I wow, that's a that's Hard an interesting point. Hard to argue with that one. Yeah, uh, providing material support to an enemy. Oh, that's right. I mean, at the very least, we need we need hearings on this. We need an investigation, and just yeah. to know who who is who's in control, who's okay, who's signing off on all this. Yeah, when are they an enemy and when are they uh, an ally? Like, what's the when's the line drawn? Because we never declared war on them. And the other thing too is you have you have the military saying one thing and the intelligence community saying another. So somebody is lying. Or if the communication is that bad, then we still need an investigation to figure out how do we get these two groups to actually talk. All right. The one free man says the past few days have shown us that it is no longer about America and its enemies. It's about the establishment and its enemies. They have forsaken American hostages in Afghanistan in order to pursue their political enemies and secure their power. Yeah. Wow. Brutal. The curly Afro says military politics is Leviathan. Um, may see Vax's political move by the high ups to get promoted, earn leadership positions by making troops get vaccinated. A corpsman fell, helping his Marines and treating the sick and injured in Afghanistan. Til Valhalla. Mm. Kinjin says, all of us keyboard warriors need to contact our rep and senators demanding this change. Get involved in your local, state, and federal elections. Stop being the silent majority and get involved. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And we got we some more treason comments. Trash Panda says, how is this not high treason? Forget impeachment. Bring charges of high treason against Biden, the enti- his entire administration, including Harris. My guess is because slope. we never declared war on the Taliban. So it's like it's ambiguous if they're even considered enemies at this point. We have a, a, pe- mm-hmm. uh, a ceasefire with them and we're working with them to get our, our troops out. Is the idea. I tell you what, one of the strangest things is today, the... Um, um, the I can't remember his name, the Army General, and Biden, both of them t- today... We're talking how we've been in regular communication with the Taliban and, and cooperating with them to help you know, deal with ISIS and all that. And we sometimes share information with them, but also we can't trust them. I was like, well, you've been how long have you been sharing information with the Taliban and why? Hmm. That's insane. Even if it's for the effort of, of trying to root out ISIS, ISIS-K, whatever. Why would you ever was this enemy of my enemy nonsense? Is that what this is? I think so. I know, because it'll change from day to day who the enemy We've is. We've been doing this for decades. We arm one group to fight another, and then both of them end up coming after us. Yep. Same people, man. All right. Dr. Doctor says the May 1st deadline might have something to do with being in the middle of Ramadan. Throughout the years, there has been a couple of ceasefires coordinated with the Taliban because of Ramadan. Interesting. When, is that when it, R- Ramadan is? I have no idea. Uh, because then there's no... Is, or, or is that when... It, Does the Taliban strictly observe combat during Ramadan? I have no idea. I would be surprised if they did. I mean, I wouldn't. If Monday, that's what people th- expected. Yeah, people. Monday the 12th of April is when hmm. it started this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it goes for April 10 days. So it was just after Ramadan they were going to... All right, let's see. Oh, no, it ends May 12th. So, yeah, it was during during Ramadan they were yeah. going to... James Rogers says comparing Kabul to Saigon is giving into willful ignorance. Ignorance. Saigon fell two years after we pulled out. Stop feeding stupid. We lost the peace, not war. Interesting. No, I've been saying that for weeks. People are like, this is not our Saigon. I'm like, you're right. This is far, far worse worse. than Saigon. Way worse. I mean, not to downplay it, but in comparison, Saigon got off easy compared to what Afghanistan's saying now. That's again, not to minimize what happened in Saigon. Here's an important one. KF says, Pelosi for president. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like I'm in the boxing Why? ring with whoever just said that to me. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, do I not have any options here? 
I mean, it's like you can have a you know a bag of broken glass or some starving wolverines. Which one do you want to be locked in a room with? A constitutional <laughs> convention. It's just a matter of whipping. You need like two you more states. Like Fifty-one percent of the country. <laughs> or sorry, Ron Paul. Constitution, man, I haven't heard about that in a long well, time. All right. All right. One, two says, Tim, Glenn raised $20 million in 48 hours. We all donated. This is an absolutely amazing audience. Mm-hmm. God bless. Yes, absolutely. That's Everybody working. That's that's fantastic. Dude, shout out to Glenn Beck, man. He spoke truth to power when he was at Fox News. And I highly recommend go check out his last episode with Fox because they <laughs> fired him for calling out the Federal Reserve and all the people, the bureaucrats <laughs> that were trading money Funny. between the revolving doors it was it's they incredible it. they fight the next day he got his his release and he was no what, longer what, fox what, was it he started also the blaze he, he knew he was on his way out so. i don't know i don't know i don't think he did he, he was he, like he, what he got red pilled and told everyone and they were like no he'd been on his way out for a while he'd been wanting to launch his own sort of nice. empire and then i got to a point where i go. think he just kind of uh jerry mcguired it yeah g edward griffin on the show and then <laughs> just blew it open it was awesome Full full disclosure, I, I used to work for him, so there's that. I love it. I see so much respect for that dude. Business yeah. editor at the Blaze for a while. So nice. I can see so he's, he's a very he he's a true but he genuinely believes in his faith and he acts out of it. Sue Prove says the State Department is stonewalling back. They won't give him access to runways. Also, he was warned they had a meeting about him and are looking to destroy him. I hadn't heard that, but I would not be surprised because I was, as we were saying before the show, there was a, I cannot remember her name, I'm drawing a blank, she works for the New York Times. She organized two private uh, uh, jets to land and evacuate as many as they could, and they got sent back. I think they were only able to take like a total of four people. They could have fit hundreds on both of those planes, or jets. And they got turned away, and she is, she's just beside herself, heartbroken. She, she also raised money to do this. Private, no, entrepreneurs, private enterprise tried to help out and do its part. And a bunch of paper pushers turned him back. That's good. That'll be remembered. Yeah. We have, we, have, we have a good question here. Wicked Liss says, Tim, please help me understand why people did not leave months ago when they all knew about the withdrawal. Uh, because unlike the United States Intelligence Service, they had no idea that the Taliban was poised to retake the entire country. Mm. Probably. Mm. That's my guess. Interesting. I think if there was a general idea that maybe you should get out, you got a family, you got a business, uh, maybe it's a recommendation versus... Oh my God! The Taliban now owns the entire country. They've just conquered every major city, and now here we go. Oh, and the, and the United States is just Irish goodbye. Yeah, we got yeah. this. Uh, this uh, from Arthur Madrigal. He says FDA approved the vaccine, but it is not available. Is this true? Only the emergency use vaccine available. People have been sending me this. Bannon said it. It's not true. Uh, they said there's an, a letter from the FDA that actually goes into detail about the community vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine. People are trying to claim that it's uh, uh, they're two distinct vaccines. The FDA's website literally says we are approving the vaccine that was formerly known as the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and will now be marketed as Comirnaty. And the FDA letter says Comirnaty and the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine are interchangeable and the same thing in the same formulation. And for some reason, people are coming out and claiming it's not true. I don't know why. It's just, it's wrong. People are emailing, emailing me and I'm like, did you guys even read the letter you sent me? It literally says it's the exact same formulation, but under a different name. It's the same thing. I'm whatever. All right. Stephen Granger says, based on the information being shown, Biden should be forced to resign and be court-martialed. I can also, I don't know if you can, you court-martial the president, do you? I can also see an argument for having him uh, uh, charged with treason. We'll just put it that way. He is the commander of the U.S. Armed Forces, but I don't think he can court. No, I I don't don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. Yeah, curious now. I will have to look that up. I think he's looking it up, up right now. now. <laughs> Can you court martial? Now you're on a watch list. Cannot be court martialed, no. Yeah, uh, according to Quora.com. Yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, no, even though you're the commander of the forces, I he's think. considered a civilian. That's right. Why. He's still civilian. Uh, right. A civilian is commanding the military. What is wrong? No, no, no that's right. That's great. Civ- that's no, civilian thing. oversight of our U.S. armed forces. That's by design. I'm all for that. Absolutely. Which is part of the reason uh, I was so what? pissed off about uh, General Milley wising off during the congressional hearing about white rage. He answers to Congress, and he was way out of line when yep. he was like, "Let me. I'm sick of your stupid questions. I want to understand." It was like, "Oh, you, you sit down. You answer to them." And that's very intentional. I, I, the British. Seem to have a civilian leader and a military leader that co-run the country together. I think they have the prime minister and then the something else. And that's why we rebelled. And and like, (laughs) what's his name? Um, Winston Churchill was the like the military head of the time, but he wasn't the. They have a House of Lords. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. But they have somebody running the domestic area, and then someone that knows what they're doing running the military stuff. Well, we've got Biden running the military. We're ideally supposed to have the generals who know what they're doing, but they are all answerable to Congress and the president. They answer to the civilians, and that's strictly by design. Basically, straight, almost based on how it was done in Rome for a while before the generals took control. But uh, that's I like that setup. I want that setup. I don't want the military kind of acting on its own, especially if you have people like Millie who are now you know, off on his own doing critical race theory or whatever. Like, no, no, no. You answer to Congress, and you keep your mouth shut unless asked a question. Here's, here's a good not, one. Not you personally. Well, hey. <laughs> Sorry. I'm getting ready. Yeah. John Marafa says, Dr. Steve Turley stopped using the term rhinos and now uses Diablos, Democrats in all but label. That's that's good. Well, it's not bad. Pretty, yeah, just makes me think of the video game though. Diablo. <laughs> All right. The what is this? The blank podcast. The vo- the null space podcast with Ian Slater says Glenn Beck is now the goat. Indeed, hmm. it's great stuff. Well, hopefully he's uh, it, it's working out. I don't know. People are saying he's getting you know he's getting yeah, blocked or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope he's not. But this has already happened once, so I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. The Wolf says, Millie and military are too busy dumping millions in a campaign to make memes and anything not in the SJW BLM agenda ex- uh, agenda extremist in the military. Mm. Crazy. JoLynn Turk says, the late Johnny Carson did an entire skit about the loser liar Joe Biden. Carson straight up called him an idiot, and he was absolutely correct. Ooh. Uh, you know. Yeah, if you needed a reminder how long this guy's been in the game. Right. But, you know, I voted for his character. I'm like, you've been warned, man. Come on, man. Nipple Sweat says Tim, <laughs> Tim Kennedy brought 400 people onto the airfield. The base commander kicked them out and told Tim this isn't the Tim Kennedy show. What? What? Wow. So you're not allowed to rescue people? They'll just throw you out? I hadn't heard that. I'll have to look that Interesting. up. Crazy. All right, let's see. Jeffrey Paris says, Beckett, I love your work. Based on what you know, do you think the next conservative president should fire everyone on Mahogany Row at the Pentagon? Also, Ian, is your hair Starfleet regulation length? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Uh, I think if there's anything that was proven by the, the Trump administration, I hate the term st- deep state because people automatically start conjuring up conspiracy theories, all that. But it is absolutely true that there is a large contingent of deeply embedded career bureaucrats who have been there for years, who have a very specific idea of how they want things done, and they will work, and they admit it. They admitted this during the Trump administration. They will work to thwart the president's agenda if they don't like it. Simple as that. That's actually what I think when I think deep state. I don't think that, you know, it's sort of like meeting of the Bilderbergs are going to get together, blah, 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 blah. But 
yeah, no, there are career bureaucrats who are like, I don't like this, so we're going to leak to the press. We're going to obscure this or that. I mean, they like general straight up lied to uh, Donald President Trump when he ordered twice. He ordered say, saying we're withdrawing from Syria. They lied to him about the numbers to just simply get around not having to withdraw everyone from Syria. Yeah. That's deep and, state. And they stuff. lied to the American people. They lied to the American people. And they then they come out a minute. Who was that? Uh, the guy anonymous for New York Times, uh, Miles Taylor, straight up admitted, "I work in the White House and I am actively thwarting the president's yep. agenda." That happens. This has actually happened with several administrations. So to the question, I think if anything was learned from the last president, yeah, someone's going to have to start cleaning house. I don't know how that goes the about, one, what the, that looks like. It's very hard to remove people once they're embedded. It was what Trump was famous for. Firing people? Firing he, people. He was terrible at firing people when he was the president, <laughs> though. I know. His tagline is, you're fired, and he couldn't fire anyone around him. It was amazing. Yep. In fact, some of the people he promoted were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Carmella Comedian says, When I saw Glenn stream late last night from the Middle East, I myself donated to the Nazarene Fund. That man is a true patriot. I have so much respect and admiration for him and what he's doing. If you can donate, please do. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember I got invited to go on Glenn's show. They flew me out to Texas and sat down and talked to him for quite a bit because we did like uh, a couple different shows in one sitting because he's got like the radio show, the podcast, mm-hmm. whatever. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He's re- calm, rational, reasonable. We we had arguments, we uh, we had disagreements, and it ended with a handshake. And he was like, you know, you you, you did great work. Show, and yeah. I was like, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Big fan of Glenn. He's a great guy. He's a hell of a showman. Oh yeah, definitely. And they have this massive movie studio. <laughs> yeah, it's he, crazy. he he uh, he considers himself. Uh, he doesn't consider himself. He. Is very intentionally modeled himself after Orson Welles. He wants oh, to be a oh, sort of cool. auteur, you know, Renaissance man, bringing <laughs> back various arts and stuff. Like awesome. movies. He awesome. loves he loves Orson Welles, like adores Orson Welles, and he intentionally he named it Mercury Radio Arts after Orson Welles's uh, own production studio, which was Mercury. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he just loves the man, Mercury Theater, and he loves Walt Disney. Yeah. All, All right. He, Sonny Andreas, then. <laughs> Sonny James says, The only reason America won the revolution was because the British public wasn't interested in funding it. Despite what Hollywood narratives tell us, it wasn't because we fought the greatest revolution ever. Scares me is this admin focused on us. Um, we won the revolution for a lot of reasons. Yeah, there were several factors. But it, uh, I think the French was probably one of the biggest. It's a yeah. huge one. Because what, what, if, what, if, what, what actually happened is that the conflict in the colonies was essentially more war for the British when they were already at war in Europe. They couldn't handle it. Oh, God. It was also King George had lost his friggin' mind and was a horrible commander-in-chief at really? the time. Really? Yeah, he was going insane at the time. That was actually a huge issue. Well, that was engulfing a lot of British politics at the time and was very distracting to the overall war effort. They, the British had no stomach for a war in the Americas. Oh, they turn were like, about fair play. Let them go. Turn about his fair play. <laughs> oh, no. We're getting slapped in the face by karma. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. All right, let's I'm see mostly let's kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I can't speak to Biden's mental health. I'm not a doctor. He's not my patient. But history rhymes. And if there was a revolution today in, in the United States and we had Biden as the commander trying to preserve the union, preserve the union, your main job. Oh, God. Can you can't. Imagine, pardon those people. Can you imagine an American Civil War with Biden? It would be, it would be terrible. May you live in interesting times. Oh. At least... Abe Lincoln, that's a curse, was yes. obsessed with preserving <laughs> <Yeah>. the union. <laughs> you just cursed me. All right. Uh, Jaspa says, Tim, please look into the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. We may be seeing it take shape in real time. The stage is being set. The players are moving into place. We are really living in unprecedented unprecedented times. Interesting. Interesting. Times. Unprecedented for America. Mm. I wouldn't say it's unprecedented in world history. 
I mean, far worse has happened to far greater, far larger civilizations. True. In a, generally, though, it's in a longer span of time. It seems like we have very quickly learned how to... Yeah, airplanes changes a lot because you airplanes literally you can microchips. get... Microchips. 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 Yeah. That's the game changer. Plastic, a lot of it. Right? LM, right. Invest in plastics. <laughs> LM, LMV says, Tim, I live in New Zealand. Our prime minister did a press conference on the attack in Kabul and was super cryptic, saying that New Zealand will be part of an attack or invasion of Afghanistan. Oh, my God. Okay, so maybe it was intentional. With what troops? I thought they were all locked up in New Zealand. Hmm. New Zealand has troops? They do. They, have they like do. Seven? No, no, they're great. They've worked, they worked closely with us <laughs> in a lot of the coalition efforts. They're Kiwi commandos. I love New Zealanders, man. Yeah, about, uh, Biden said, we will, you know, we will hunt you down. And to me, I was just like, oh, is, is that him saying, like, we're going to be sending in troops to reinvade Afghanistan now? We've already put in more than double yep. the troops into Afghanistan now than we had earlier this year. And then they're hoping everyone will forget about it. The news will start talking about other things. And then they'll be quietly deploying more and more soldiers to Afghanistan. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, at some point, this is going to sap the will from the actual armed forces. Like, what do you do? You are going to, you're going to actually have to talk about uh, morale in the U.S. military. And I can't imagine it's it's doing well. I can imagine that this is going to have a long-term hit on it. I mean, that'll take some years to recover. I'm not saying it's all going to fall apart and people are going to abandon their posts or whatever. But I, we need to make sure we look at this before. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's coming up on 800,000 military servicemen weren't vaccinated. I think it was 1.4 million total. 800,000 of them have had yet to be vaccinated as of like yesterday or the day before. And they're going to force it by, well, I don't know what the date is that they said the 31st, four days from now, five days from now. So that's another, and if they don't want to do it, you know, talk about morale. Rory Shively with um, eight clown face emojis. <laughs> that's about go. where I'm at, Rory. <laughs> huh. He's a funny guy. All right. Brian Knoll says, you said Bagram Air Base seemed intentional. I've been thinking the same thing. Every common sense thing to do done backwards. Biden wrote the first Patriot Act. Maybe arming terrorists. Oh, I don't know. Huh. I mean, to the conversation we were having about the riot and holding the rioters and all that. I mean, we, we've been saying, oh, what was it for the war on terror? You know, what did we get out of it? Well, we got one thing. We got an explosion of the surveillance state on us. So that's great. Now, the government, as we know, not just the American government, governments in general do like pretenses to get more control. What does Afghanistan do? Does that give people more control? Does it give them less? That's the always The media is going to go full gung-ho with, like, Biden is a true president once he starts sending in the troops and once all these other countries start bolstering troops. He's going to rescue them from Trump's botched yep. escape plan. I don't plan. know. Oh, my God. I think a lot of people are underestimating how sapped a lot of Americans feel after I, this of 20 years. I don't think we talk about we're going to put more troops and they do it quietly. Like you were saying, that's yeah. one thing, but a big grand, we got to do this America. I don't, there's not going to be support. People don't, don't want it. I don't want it. No, but the media will say they do. And the polls will come out and the polls will, will ask very like funny questions. Like, do you think it would be bad if babies are killed in Afghanistan? And they say, yes, I do. Like they support the war. Yeah. With the sampling size of like 130 people. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> 98% all American. All from DC on like oh, K street. <laughs> The average income, uh, is, you look it up, it's like $486,000 a year. <laughs> Who are these people they're bowling? We surveyed 130 defense contractors. The, av- <laughs> the average job is Halliburton and Boeing. Yeah, man. There's so much money. Do in you want thing. to deploy more Americans to go fight nation build? I don't think 100% yes. We pulled one guy. It's the CEO of uh, Lockheed. <laughs> no, but it's like if there's no will for it and Americans are actually opposed to it, that comes back at the voting booth. You saw that in yeah, Syria, Yeah, but hold on, man. hold on. It, it comes People back to the voting booth. shut that down. But Biden, the, what is Biden? You think Biden's going to get a second term? 
I don't think he's going to last his first term. Yeah. So Biden can come in and be like, I would deploy 100,000 troops. You yeah. know, you get the, they didn't get the vaccine. They go to Afghanistan. And then Americans are going to be like, get them out, get them out. No one will have the will to do it. Republicans will sit in their hands. Come 2024, they'll vote for someone else and go, yay. And then we'll have three years of troops in the Middle East. But you're forgetting 2022, which Democrats are terrified of. I don't know if they want to do Right, I'm saying them. the Republican anything, Party is not going to do anything. I'm just saying if there's one thing both parties love, it's holding power and gaining more power. And if they know they're going to get wiped out on a landslide in 2022, I think they they won't go. But what are the Republicans going to do? Well, that's always the they're going to get in and gonna, and, and then gonna, they're all going to get in and they're going to have the House. And then Kevin McCarthy is going to be like, "Slow down there, Democrats!" And then Mitch McConnell is going to be like, "Slow down there, Democrats!" And that's all they're going to do. Nah, I disagree. Well, McCarthy, yes. <laughs> I, I'm generally, I'm generally supportive of McConnell. I have been impressed with he's he's a master parliamentarian, and he has made so many gains in the judiciary. I think people always sell him a little short. With the See, the time. problem with conservatives is that they're. Uh, imagine you're playing a game of football, and uh, you tell your team to run to your to, to the end zone and defend it from there. And then the dem- like the other team is like, okay, and they casually walk to to, to the red zone. It's like. Why would you let them do that? That's Republicans. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't fight on the cultural issues that shape our country. They think if we just get a judge, we're fine. Okay, then congratulations. Because in ten years, all the judges are going to be ultra woke, and you're going to be like, well, this one's only a little woke because you're not actually doing anything to to, to defend your values or fight back. I mean, that. Spe- I don't know if I would blame McConnell for that explicitly. I mean, you can only blame him so much if the people he gets through aren't very good. He still got him through and the best of the crop. But the thing I will say that you're absolutely right on is that social issues have long been put in the back burner and stuff like the Republican Party has basically tolerated pro-lifers for the last since Roe v. Wade as just a necessary part of the coalition. They don't care what they think or what they believe. Yep. They haven't tried anything to like over. I remember Democrats are coming out demanding universal health care and a Green New Deal. What are Republicans demanding? tax cuts <laughs> same thing i mean look at what the infrastructure bill that's not even going to get held up Jeez, six trillion it's four four i believe it was a one separate two bill two separate bills 1.2 and 3.5 so upwards of five trillion because we have that money what was the six trillion number that got knocked around yesterday i mean maybe it got revised upwards did they add any writers to it i don't it? know i don't know oh, oh, this is six trillion just put anything just make it ten this is interesting right here. Cryptic says the Supreme Court just overruled the, invic- the eviction ban. I had seen that actually Kavanaugh was the, wrote the opinion on it. I haven't had a, ch- a chance to read it though. Did he write, F you Biden? I already said this. Why am I saying it twice? Because well, Biden doesn't remember the first time. And, Biden, and so if, if, if the Supreme Court can say this is illegal and Biden says, I'll do it again, what's to stop him from just doing it again? And again and again. Uh, you know, what enforcement mechanisms are there? Supreme Court doesn't have any. They just take him back to the court. I mean, you know, the president already said once. He's like, that'll get sorted out in the court in, you know, in a couple months. But until then, people will be safe. I'm like, so legislation by tangling things up in the judiciary, like that's not a way yep. to legislate. I think what it really means is that if you are a landlord in any capacity, you can now just disregard the illegal decrees from the president because they have no merit in the country. And if you have to go to court, you'd win. Because you're going to be like, here's the Supreme Court, Your Honor. is going to go, oh, yeah, Going to court, how long is that going to take? Yep. I mean, a lot of people don't have that time. I think it basically just means you can ignore Biden's fake eviction, illegal eviction ban. Yeah, but what do you tell the squatters? You, bring, you, you kick them out. What do you mean? I mean, what happens is, no, the president's on my side. He says I can stay. You call the police? Who, who, what? But what law are the police enforcing? 
you're evicting them. I know, but if the president has already put a moratorium on that, Supreme Court has already said it's not doesn't exist. But then the president does it again. And I mean, that's why I'm asking. Like, what's the enforcement mechanism? Well, it's, it's it's an issue of whether or not the police are are, are anarcho tyrannists, and I'd imagine they are. In which case, the cops are going to go to you and go, sorry, I can't help you. But then, rest assured, if you try to do anything to defend your property, they'll arrest you on the spot. Probably. Yep. Abolish the police. That's right. All right. Let's see. Jessica Cora says, we left hundreds of portable biometric scanners with the fingerprint and eye scans of over 50,000 Afghanistan military officials. Whoa. That's true. You've heard that, right? Yep. We were documenting and recording everything about the Afghans we worked with, and the Taliban got all that information. Fingerprints, eye scans, everything. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are mentioning that SCOTUS has lifted the eviction moratorium, but like I said, like we were saying, I don't know if it matters, because Biden illegally did it in the first place. Why does the Supreme Court need to say it twice? Right. That's the thing that I think it, the Supreme Court really didn't even say it the first time. And now they right. said it twice. But this is where I get into this weird area. I was like, wait a minute. If the Supreme Court, there's usually this assumption that the Supreme Court ruled and that's that. Now they've done it twice. What, to your point, what happens if Biden comes back another time and says, well, no, I say They tweak it a little bit. That's what Cuomo keep, was doing. Keep tweaking. Oh, Cuomo. Yep. We didn't He'll tweak it a little Cuomo. bit. He'll say, oh, now we're going to do uh, an eviction suspension. So you can file the eviction, but it can't be enforced for six months. It's so funny how fast they turn from no rule, no law of the land to eh, more like a guideline on the land. Mm -hmm. More like guidelines. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Christopher Bell says, will you have someone that's on the other side of your argument like Dan Crenshaw? We'd love to have Dan Crenshaw. But you know the big challenges with getting politicians on the show? Every every time we hit up one of these politicians, they're like, oh, we're fans. We'd love to come on the show. Or, oh, definitely. It'd be great. Send an email to this person. And we'll set it up. And then we do. And then the person doesn't respond back or responds back with like, yeah, we'll figure out the dates. And then they never respond back. Yep. Oh, sounds like it's a American waste politics. of time. What do they mean on the waste other side? Like someone who's pro-stay in Afghanistan? Yes. Oh. Is he necessarily pro-stay in Afghanistan? I, thought I think he, he is. Just, I thought he just wanted a small residual force uh, security. Right. Small residual force, I think. Like Syria. And But I actually have said that myself. Like, I think we should have never gone into, gone into Afghanistan. But if we have – because we we've had people on the show who have said this. We, we need a small – we need commanders, intelligence, logistics, but a very small group with drone support, and we're done. And I'm like, I'll take that. If it prevents this, if it means we're getting all of our troops out, we're not going to waste time on this, but we'll, we'll have to keep a little bit. I'll draw it down substantially. I like the sound of that. It's so crazy to remember or to think in terms of everything that's happening now. That at the height of the Iraq war and even to the draw, uh, the, the lead up to Obama withdrawing from Iraq, Afghanistan was always the good war, the yeah. justified war. And now here we are. Man, I, I don't know. But I, I will tell you this. We're going to have a members only podcast episode coming up at around 11 or so p.m. at TimCast.com. So go to TimCast.com, become a member, check out all of the awesome articles we have. We have a really great uh, uh, story uh, uh, on the ground covering, actually, maybe we'll talk about this for the, for the, for the member segment. We'll talk about some of the original reporting we got. People protesting and risking their jobs saying they expect to be fired in the next couple of weeks because of the mandates in New York. Go to timcast.com, check it out. Don't forget to like, uh, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. We put up clips on all the different platforms and you can follow me personally at Timcast. Do you want to shout out anything? Beckett. You know, my mom? I don't know. <laughs> you want to shout out your mom? No, I mean, Whoa. hi, mom. <laughs> don't make it weird. Uh, hey, follow me on Twitter at Beckett Adams. There you go. There we yeah, go. Back Some nice uh, self-promotion right Good there. Good to see you, man. All right. Thanks hey, for having me. Follow me at Ian Crossland and at iancrossland.net if you'd like to get get to my nexus point. Um, <laughs> hey, I hope you're feeling all right.
That was a, that was a rough show tonight. This is, yeah, this is pretty, brutal stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. messed. Absolutely. And I actually do know how to do a shout out. I'm like, Beckett. <laughs> you guys should follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids as I'm approaching the number of followers as Sour Patch Kids. Very excited about this. This is my goal in life, and I appreciate all your help. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. I know this was this was it's 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 so brutal because I'm like you know some days we have fun stories uh, that are like still politically relevant and everything, but usually, you know, it's always so negative. So, go to timcast.com if you want to hear more of that. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see y'all there. Bye, guys. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.